Welcome to the Cape Verse Podcast. I am your host Seb and with me is my co-host Thomas and today we're going to be talking about Doctor Who Flux. All six episodes. It's weird that, isn't it? What, my introduction? No, the fact that no, your, your introduction is fine as always, but it's weird that it's a Doctor Who, like a full series, but it was only six episodes. I think it's weird that it got a title as well. I mean, I I kind of like that because if you look at like previous Doctor Who series, they've all had like a kind of overarching story a yeah. little bit. Yeah, there's something like you could. Yeah, you could call like the first series of Doctor Who, Doctor Who Bad Wolf. Doctor True. Who Torchwood. Yeah. You know, Doctor Who... Master? Vote Saxon. Oh, Vote Saxon sounds better. Oh, that's a mouthful. Doctor Who. That sounds more like a propaganda thing. Like, Doctor Who, Vote Saxon. <laughs> it does, yeah. And you don't yeah. get to know about Saxon until, like, the third... No, the the second last episode. So that'd be a really well, awful no, title. Because he's, he's, he's referenced in, like, the, the Runaway Bride... He gets referenced um, in the Lazarus experiment. True, true. You know, I've actually got a better title for that. You go, Doctor Who, the Toclophane. That's worse. That's worse because you absolutely don't hear about them until the second to last episode. But who who, who wants to say, oh, I watched Doctor Who, vote Saxon. It doesn't really sound good. But if you say, I watched Doctor Who, the Toclophane, you're like, ooh, what's that about? Terrible, terrible. I think it's anyway, this anyway. is completely <laughs> already well, on well, a no, tangent. I kind of, I kind of want to still go. What would you call the Donna Noble series? Stolen Earth, um, Doctor Who. Because no, that's just you can't mm. just use the the end. Uh, you could call it Doctor Who. Doctor Donna. The doc, the Doctor Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just call it that. No, that don't even call it. That doesn't, that doesn't really work. Don't call it Doctor um, Who. Doctor Donna. Doctor Who. The stars are going out. That's what um, I was to say. That is a mouthful to say. I don't know. Because it has an overarching theme, but it doesn't yeah. really have like a catchy name to it, does it? Doctor Who, Daleks are back. Uh, uh, missing planets? Daleks are back, again. <laughs> They're back again. That's what it is. Doctor Who, the Daleks are back, again. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what you could call it. Oh, I, know. I think you could definitely... You could definitely call the specials if you like collected them together. You could call them Doctor Who he specials will not four times. Oh, no, because no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need um, this is titles. If they call them the Doctor Who specials, that's what it is on the Blu-ray. The no, f- series five, you could definitely call it Crack, crack. In Time or just Crack. Doctor crack. Who Crack. <laughs> Whatever that means, the, who knows? The, the second one could be. Um, the astronaut. Uh, silence will fall. Oh yeah, the silence will fall. Uh, the series seven could be Trenzalore. That's a good one. And is that the one after that? That's Peter Capaldi, right? Yeah. Call that Doctor series Who. Series eight. I don't think. I don't think series eight had. I guess it had Missy. So you could call it yeah. Doctor Who or, Missy. Or you could say Doctor Who, Angry Scotsman. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> series nine, you could call. Um, what happened in series nine? Oh, that was the hybrid, wasn't it? I Doctor... guess you just got Doctor Who hybrid. That does sound pretty good. Doctor Who hybrid. I would watch something called Doctor Who hybrid. Um, well, then... and then series ten. Series ten doesn't really. It just has like Bill Potts, and it has uh, Miss Missy again. Bill... Missy two. That, that that's it. Doctor Who Missy's back. Again, keep the trend going with the again at the end. Um, yeah, and then the eleventh. 
is Doctor Who Woman or Woman. That absolutely doesn't have an overarching story. It, that series is the series that absolutely does not have any kind of overarching That's... arc. It just has a villain that bookends the series. So oh. I guess it would just be Doctor Who Woman. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. <laughs> Stop so, saying woman. That's, <laughs> but that's they, that is actually the least important part of that series <laughs> because they hardly ever mention it. The fact that she's a woman is so unimportant to that show. Even the character doesn't reflect on it that much. No, she kind of forgets um, about it. There's lots of moments I in guess season. Uh, series twelve would be Timeless Child again. Yeah, yeah. But, and then what what would we call series thirteen? What's a good name for series thirteen? Um, oh, I, I see what you're doing here. Is this a segue for a funny joke? It you know it, w- it would have been a segue if you'd have just gone Doctor Who flocks. Then we could get back to talking about that. Do you want me to do it? To once again <laughs> shit all over the segue. Doctor Who flocks. I think that would be a great name, right? Flux. What's a flux? You know. I hate you so much, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Uh, yes, Doctor Who flocks. That's um. What do you think of it uh, as as a title? Do you think it works? Um, I now that in... we've seen the whole thing, do you think it was a a worthwhile title? Well, I remember seeing the trailers, and I thought the Flux were the two like skeleton, multicolored people with like stones coming out of their face. I thought they were that was yeah, the Flux. Yeah, but they're, they're called the Ravagers, aren't they? But shouldn't it have been called Doctor Who? I mean, I have so many questions about well, this series. But yeah, it's so I many. think the biggest question is, did you enjoy this series? Compa- well, I, I remember taking your advice and not compare it to the golden age of Doctor Who and just watch it as it is. I didn't take any notes. I just watched it as a fan, a fan of Doctor Who. So I sat comfortably. Each time I watched it with pizza, that's not important, but... Um, <laughs> I just noticed every time I called you and said, I'm watching it. I've just put my pizza on, but I'm watching Doctor Who. <laughs> it became a little tradition. It was a little tradition I had. Um, so I watched it, you know, just just as a show. I did compare it to the other two series with uh, Jodie Whittaker. I did enjoy this one more than her other two series. Didn't Didn't think it was amazing, but compared to the other two, it was significantly better. Yeah, I agree. I think this is definitely the peak of Judy Whittaker's era. Yeah. I think this is, this is some of the best Doctor Who... Some of it, I should say, yeah. is some of the best Doctor Who I've seen in a while. Yeah, I wouldn't um, say... You say it's like the peak uh, of our show. It's, it's not, the it's, peak, it's the, it's it's the a peak small of peak. this era. It's a small peak. It's the peak. peak of this era. It's not that big. It's just a, a little lump in the road. But it's, it's still... This is still... If I was to go back and rewatch anything of her stuff... This would, be, would this, be yeah this yeah you know? I'd agree there. When Chibnall when Chris Chibnall took over, a bunch of his episodes that he'd written for the show were my least favorite episodes. But now episodes that he has written are some of my favorite episodes, which is nice. It's nice to enjoy an episode of each showrunner mm-hmm. because up until now I hadn't really enjoyed Chris Chibnall's work. That's true. Um, I'd enjoyed Moffitt's. I'd enjoyed Russell T Davies. And now I've enjoyed some of that's, Chibnall's. That's weird. We've only had three different showrunners. It's because Moffat did it for so long. Oh, like Moffat took over from 2010 to 2017. Did, did Mark Gattis do anything? Is that his name? I think he's written episodes. He's also acted in a bunch of them. He's like, because him and 
uh, Stephen Moffat have like worked together on a bunch of stuff. They're like mm. creative partners, which is why in his last ever episode, Mark Gatiss was in it. Even though it doesn't really make sense because he was uh, Professor Lazarus in the Lazarus experiment. Yes, he was. When he came back to play the Brigadier's dad. Bit weird. They yeah. don't really address the fact that it's the same actor playing two different roles. Well, they never address... Despite, which is also weird because they went out of their way to explain why Peter Capaldi... Oh, do they? ...was playing... Because, yeah, they explain why he looks like the guy from Pompeii. I actually didn't know they addressed that because that was literally the thing I was going to say that they never addressed it, but they did, apparently. Yeah, they, they, he, he, said, he has, like, a whole sequence where him and a shielder... Sorry, him and Clara are talking to each other and he's like... I know where I got this face from and I know what it's for. And you see that scene, it like flashes back to that scene. And he's like, this face is to hold me to the mark, to remind myself of who I am, that I'm the doctor and I save people because he saved someone in this cataclysmic event. Right. And they tie it in quite nicely. Um, but the fact they went out of their way to explain that, but they didn't explain the Mark Gatiss thing is a bit weird, but whatever. Um, I guess they put a moustache on him, so they look different. Yeah, you know, as soon as you put a moustache on someone, they immediately look different, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, um, anyway, so I think this series is definitely the peak of Judah Whitaker's era. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think that there's a lot of weaknesses here, and I think the biggest weaknesses are Chris Chibnall. I think it is writing oh. really falls flat the last couple episodes oh uh, very much so i would say in the last two maybe three episodes it kind of dipped for me like i thought the first two episodes were actually really good and i was really interested um especially with the john bishop character i really liked him i thought his introduction was really good um yeah and then when you watch that episode where it's like stretched out character you get to understand um where the doctor and uh thingy majiggy have been what's her name um uh, not Trish. Um, um, what's her name? Who? The companion. Um, Yaz. Yaz. There we go. Yaz. Fucking hell! We you've watched six episodes <laughs> of it, and we did a whole thing on our last time. I know. Time. I Fucking know. I know. Yaz. Her name is Yaz. 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 Yasmin Khan. Yasmin Khan. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like in the in the first episode, you get a good idea of where they've been. I did like how you were, like, thrown into, like, a mini-adventure. It was good. And it, that adventure, you know, linked in with the main story. But then when you get to the final episode, I didn't know if you noticed this, but I thought there was, like, a lot of quick editing and, like, jumping. Yes. It was very yeah. quick, very snappy, and I was like, what's happened? You know? I, I, I noticed it, and this is why I say that the last two episodes are, like, the weakest, because I think they're cutting a bunch of stuff out. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been products of reshoots. There's a bit in the second to last episode, Survivors of the Flux, where they're painting that sign. Um, oh, to... in, in China? Yeah, and they're yeah. painting it so Carvinista sees it. And there's a bit where Eustatius Jericho is painting and he's clean-shaven and they cut to him a couple of times and he's clean-shaven and then they cut to him a third time or whatever, and he's got a full grown yeah, beard. Yeah, he's got a full yeah. And it and it comes out of nowhere, and it's like what? Like, it's is that a mistake? Is it supposed to be like a little visual gag? Like oh, he's, suddenly he's got a beard, 
But like John Bishop's character has a beard throughout that entire scene. It's really weird. How did no weird. one notice that? Yeah. And then I think in the um, in the last episode, there's a lot of quick jumps when oh, very much the so. Doctor when she appears and she's talking to Kate Stewart. Oh yeah. Just... And I thought it was supposed to be like a little bit of abstract, like oh she's all over the place, but that scene feels heavily over edited. Yeah. And then. A bunch of the other scenes don't like it. It felt very like, have you had to cut something out here? Yeah, you know, um, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, those action films like Taken, where they rely heavily on cutting. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I think that famous one is when he's like, oh. trying to get over a fence, and there's like about fifty takes of him just getting over a fence. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. It was just very cool. What was the other one? Is it um, Bohemian Rhapsody? Where they're having a conversation at a park bench, and they've got like like it's like thirty cuts in one scene because every character has to have equal amounts of screen time or something like that. I don't think it was Bohemian Rhapsody, or maybe it was. I'm pretty sure it's Bohemian Rhapsody because it's like every member of Queen who was still alive was like, "I want to have as much screen time as Freddie Mercury." Like, I don't. This shouldn't just be a movie about him. We were all important. Like it was yeah. a little thing like that. So there's like an obvious scene where they're like sat. At a park bench or something, and their producer's talking to them, oh. and it cuts to every single member like four or five times. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. obvious. It's really painful and obvious. Anyway, well, that's unimportant. Yeah. Just highlights um, how bad the last episode was. Any other weaknesses? I think that this is our main thing we're discussing at the moment. I think the biggest weakness before. Well, I think we should get into the weaknesses later. Oh, I don't know. Should we talk about weaknesses now? You know what, Thomas? Thomas now? We really should write down how we're going to structure these episodes. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should. Instead of just winging it. But um, but that's just because we're class uh, podcasters, uh, viewers. We're obviously, professionals. Obviously. professionals. Um, but yeah, where, where should we just start? A peek behind the curtain. Because this is the thing, right? A lot of my weaknesses have... Strengths. It's like... Kind of, yeah, but most of my weaknesses are just a lot of unanswered questions because for the most part, I think that the the cinematography, the CGI, the it's acting, good. the music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of it is on point. I think this is the best performance that Jodie's done as the Doctor. Yeah. Um, I think she's still restricted by bad writing, but I think she's just the best with the writing that she's ever done. I think we get more of a relationship between her and her companions. Oh, yeah, more so um, with Yaz, I would say. Um, yeah. I, I still don't know. Is there is there something there? Like, at the end, you know, when she's tearing up and they're... they're I was like, are they going to kiss? They're I finally thought gonna that. Do it. And I then thought... They, yeah. And then and I John, wonder if John, that's them John Bishop's intentionally character. doing yeah. that. Yeah, because he comes in and interrupts it, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if any of that is intentional or if it's people projecting because people are like... Oh, we want that relationship to happen. Because I was like, oh, it seems like they're going to kiss. But then I rewatched it and I was like, well, does it? Or do I just think that because I think they should be... That, that they should relationship. do it. Because but, but... I think if Jodie Whittaker, like if the 13th Doctor was still a man, they would have definitely done a romantic relationship between those two. Mm-hmm. I, there I are, know. There are moments in the episode. It's not just that last scene, though, but I feel, you know, is it the third one, the fourth one? I don't know. But um, Yaz. But the hologram. Yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah. Like, oh, I miss you. It's like, oh, I hope you said I miss you too and stuff. Cause this and the be... fact that she, like, she waits till everyone's out the room. Like, it's a little yeah. private, intimate moment between They've just the two to. of them. 
and it has the exact same kind of subtext. Like, because you see Bell and Vinder, two new side characters introduced, mm-hmm. who have a, a side story of them trying to find each other oh, across yeah. a destroyed mm-hmm. universe. They're talking to each other a lot of the time through holograms as well. And so are Yaz and the Doctor. And it has the same imagery of well, they people in love trying to find each other. And they Ooh. have to speak through holograms. The same with um, uh, Dai and... Uh, what's his name? Thingamajiggy. Uh, guy from Game uh, of Thrones. Dan. There yeah. we go. No, not Guy from Game of Thrones. Which guy from Game of Thrones? Do you know the pilot? He's from Game of Thrones. What, Vinder? Yeah, he's from Game of Thrones. Is he? Who does yeah. he play in Game of Thrones? He's um, Daenerys' bodyguard. You know... Th- oh. Fuck off! Is he? Sorry, can you hear that motorbike? I did hear that motorbike, yes. Someone's overcompensating. <laughs> um, I didn't realise yeah, that's it was the same guy. It's the same guy, yep. It's cause he's, he's a fucking chameleon. Yeah, Jesus it, You know what it is? You know what it is? It's because he's got facial hair and hair. That's it, he's got he's hair. Got the, he's got the Killmonger haircut, hasn't he? He's got the Killmonger haircut, yeah. But no, that's him. That's him. Oh my god. Did you not realise? I had I, I've rewatched these so many times. I thought he's familiar, but I thought he was like from Coronation Street or something. No, like that. no, he's Game of Thrones. What's his oh character's name again? You know the bodyguard I'm talking about, yeah. Vinder. Yeah. Yeah, I said his name before. Did you just forget? Y- yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why if you... can you why can't you remember people of colour's names why is that so <laughs> you don't remember Yaz you, you don't remember Vinder you're just a fucking racist sir. Right, you Come know on, I, 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 I panicked there because like nah that's a funny joke but then I go wait a minute he's got a point like what is he... <laughs> <laughs> fucking honestly well, no no man. no no I can't remember John Bishop's character Dave Dan Dan. Oh, god damn it. So you, got it. it. <laughs> you got it the second time. Oh, so oh, bad. You're fucking racist. Eh? But <laughs> no, I I'm, think... I'm, um, I'm not a racist, just saying that out loud. Here's, here's something I, I, I think is a weakness, though. And I suppose you know, this is... Can I point out, you said you so we're not going to do weaknesses. We'll do weaknesses later. We'll do them later. And then oh, going, that's fine. We'll focus on strengths. Right, well... Uh, like, but I, this is the thing. There's so many things where I'm like, well, that's a strength. Right. But there's like a little here's weakness there as well. Here's an idea. Why don't we do episode by episode since it's six episodes? Yeah, but it's also one overarching story. Okay, yeah, we'll do it episode by episode. Episode by right, episode. Fine. It's only taken us, cool. twen- it's taken us 20 minutes to structure this episode. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. Right, uh, let me get my notes viewers, on. viewers, this is what professionals do. <laughs> <laughs> right, it. so, episode one. Uh, what's it called? The Halloween Apocalypse? <laughs> um, yeah, the Halloween. Yeah. You know what, here's, here's a fun little detail. I think three out of the six of these episodes take place on the day that they were aired. Oh, yeah, you got Halloween, and then you got the Halloween, 4th of December. 5th of December. 5th of December, I was close. Yeah, um, the Angels one, I think, because they specify the date, I think it was like 21st of November, that's the day that episode came out. Oh. Um, War of obviously, because it's over like different time periods, yeah. that doesn't have a date. Same with Once Upon Time. Mm-hmm. And I suppose same as Survivors of the Flocks, that doesn't really have a, a set air date or anything. Um, um, just, just after... Yeah, just a, just a fun detail. Just, that is a very fun detail, but this is something I've just remembered. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
this this is just another thing I just remembered. You know, um, in episode four, I know we said we'll do episode by episode. We, 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 I thought we'd do it by episode. <laughs> right, I'll save. Oh my god, I'll save my fun fact. Save later. it for episode. I'll four. save it for later. Episode one, Halloween Apocalypse. Did you like it? I really liked it. Same. I really enjoyed Dan's introduction. It was fleshed out. I understood the character. You know, it's not like um, because it it. It flowed because yeah, you get introduced yeah. to the the Doctor and Yaz. They're in the middle of an adventure and they're talking to. They've been captured by Carvinista, the dog, um, a a dog man with like space Japanese armor mm. and a northern accent. What a colorful mix of elements! I swear, <laughs> it I really s- works. I swear, the actor is in Game of Thrones as well. Well, the actor, do you remember at the end of um, the last series of Doctor Who, or like the end of the, the <gasps> special? No! Yeah, do you That's remember him. the one who. Yeah, the one who's talking to him and reads him out the his fortune or whatever it was. Oh my god! Oh, that it's, makes It's that actor. And I reckon it's because they were in an acting bubble together, then, because this was filmed during COVID, which, oh. by the way, you cannot tell this is filmed during COVID. Not one bit, no. There's a lot of COVID subtext, you know, people over long distance communicating through holograms and videos and shit like that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of that subtext built into it. But you, as like the actual framing of scenes, you can't tell it was filmed no. during a pandemic. Not at all. Um, it's done quite well. But yeah, I reckon because they were in a filming bubble, they just used him for the promotion of that. Mm. of the series same with his parents i think the reason why his parents dan's parents i mean don't look as old as they should is because of like covid stuff like i think because of like legal issues you can't you couldn't have people of like a certain age limit Uh. filming during the pandemic so they had to age down um, which is why his parents are like so young yeah um interesting anyway so episode one I think this does a really good job of establishing the individual plot threads. Very much so, I'd agree there. The angels and Claire get established Mm -hmm. in a very creepy way, where you kind of like, oh, what's going on there? Um, The Suntarans have a fun little interaction, where you have like two uh, very funny actors being like, you look disgusting. He's like, well, don't dwell on it is it yeah really disgusting like there's some fun mm-hmm, back and forth mm-hmm. stuff there um vinda gets established pretty well you get the sense that he's stuck at this outpost that he doesn't want to be there yeah that he's he's duty bound and an honorable soldier because he's even though he doesn't want to be there he still wants to be there and he only leaves his post because of the flux event or whatever yeah he's a loyal I think, soldier yeah um i think the Carvinista stuff makes sense. I think it follows on well from where we left the Doctor um, in Revolution of the Daleks, where she's looking into Division that she heard about yeah. the Timeless Child stuff. Um, so I think that all makes sense. I think it's a really... The Joseph Williamson stuff, the Williamson Tunnels, I think oh, yeah. that yeah. is... That has like a nice little creepy teaser where he's like something's coming we've got to prepare yeah and i think that was like an interesting kind of tease it, um it does well to set up many story threads and when you can there's that... also a lot of story threads because i keep forgetting about threads because it also introduces azure and swarm 
Yeah. It, <laughs> Keep forgetting about stuff. To be honest, like when you compare this to Jodie Whittaker's first episode where we in- get introduced to Yaz and um guy who has problems with bikes and a granddad. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, when you compare that episode to this episode and see how we got to see the characters for the first time, it's just ten times better. So I'm I'm happy. I think it's because it has the space because it knows it doesn't have to yeah. tie all these threads up at by the end of the episode. Yeah. It has the room to go, look, here's all the characters that we're gonna see over the course of this series. Mm-hmm. Um and we're going to just play it out. And I think a big weakness of the series is that as the series goes on, it still introduces new characters. Yeah. And we keep getting new, new characters. And you think it's tying up some of the plot threads, but it fucking doesn't. Like, it yeah. just keeps adding more. I, th- I think it sometimes forgets some stories. You know, there was too much it going absolutely on. absolutely does. And then it just forgets. For example, for example, this is in episode one. Do you remember how Azure, Swarm's sister, is introduced? Um, she's um in like a human body in the Arctic Circle, isn't she? Oh yeah, and then they have that floating red beacon, and then they destroy it. That she just hammers, and she's like, "We didn't receive a warning. Let's go back and eat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes. What in. the fuck was that about? <laughs> w- yeah. Why was it in the Arctic Circle? Who was that guy? What was that beacon about? And they reference that oh, she was like put in prison. But why was Swarm held in like a weird containment thing, imprisoned at the dawn of the universe, a weird like little blue light yeah. thing? Whereas, and why was she trapped yeah. in human form? Because um, Chris Chibnall can do what he wants, apparently. But that's the th- it's like it was clearly. I did forget about that. Like it was <laughs> clearly built to entice you to ask questions but it didn't give you any questions that it was willing to answer. It didn't answer what that beacon was about. It could have just been that, oh, she was trapped in, like, the middle of nowhere and she was just living out this... It could have been, like, a Groundhog Day thing. Mm-hmm. They could just put mm-hmm. her in, like, oh, she's... And I... I mean, maybe we'll find out over the next three specials. But maybe. we should have really found out in this series. We really should Because have. I don't know if they're, they're going to come back, um, but we'll get to that later we'll on get to in, that. The, in the um, episode. One thing I really liked is um, the introduction of the dog people. I think I I do like the introduction, but I also think that that dog make that dog makeup must have been really expensive because even though we see a fleet of Lupari ships, and we hear about Lupari command and all that stuff, we only ever see one. We only ever see Carvanista. Yeah. And spoilers for later on, I guess. They're all very quickly wiped out. They're off all screen. dead. They're all dead. So um, I think that dog makeup must have been pretty difficult to do. Yeah. Because they just don't bother showing multiple Carvanistas. Yeah. yeah. Um but I did I did like like the story behind the character. Like at first when I first saw him picking up Dan, I was like, What the f- what what is going on? It's a cuddly bear, it's a it's a, a live bear from Build a Bear. What is going on? Um, but then when he kidnaps Dan and he talks to him and then you learn that, you know, man's best friend, they all have, they're all assigned to one human to protect. I did like that line. It, it, I did like that line. When she said that, I was like, of course, makes sense, you know? And I, I did like that and how they were able to protect Earth with their shield and um, with their ships. Um, it was, it was well thought out, I thought. And it, it, that was the first time in Doctor Who where I was like, 
you know what? I'm happy with this explanation. Nailed it. Well done. Yeah, it it made sense, you know, and I, I think that his relationship with Dan is quite funny. I like the fact that he's like, go on, tell your mum what a brave boy you've been. Like, he just, yeah. he just thinks it. He's like, oh, you're just some guy in a costume. And then when he finds out that he's actually an alien, he's smart. He's like, well, you're not going to kill me. You would have done it. You could have killed me back yeah. then. Like, he's, he's not just, like, bumbling around. He's quite... He's he's got a bit of smarts to it. He's, he's not there just to read lines from a script, you know. He's got a wee bit more to him. I feel he's, he he has a lot more personality than I think Ryan and oh, Graham yeah. had. Way more. I think I think Graham he he, he had a bit of personality because he was like he'd make the odd joke, or whatever. But it felt like that was just Bradley Walsh being Bradley Walsh. Yeah, like I think it was. And in... he... Who's speaking? <laughs> <laughs> You no, I was just going to say, like, my favourite moment of Graham in season one is where Tim Shaw appears again and Graham's like, Doctor, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. And she's like, no, 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 Graham, don't do that. You're better than this. Go back to the tower. She's like, no, 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 I will be fine. But I'm just saying, if, if I get the opportunity, I will kill him. It's like, no, you're better. Anyway, on with the mission. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's so... It's just, he says it in such a way, because like, he's like... Um... He's like, oh, Doc, can I have a word? Yeah. And I do like that he calls a Doc. Like, that. that's fun, whatever. But, like, I love the fact he's like, oh, just, I want to let you know that if I see that guy again, I am going to kill him. And she's like, don't do this, Dan. Uh, not Dan. Graham. But it's just the way that he doesn't go, I'm going to, I'm going to kill him. There's no, like, passion or anything. He's just like, oh, just, uh, just a heads up. I am going to kill this guy. <laughs> just, I, uh, I just think you should know. Here's a wee email um, update. Um, <laughs> hi, Doctor. Just Hope that well. let um, you know where I'm at. I'm going to kill, kill this, this person. I'm going to kill this man. But Dan, yeah. And then I think, like, the first time Ryan calls him Grandad in that series, which is part of his, like, ongoing character arc, I guess, is he's just trying to convince him not to kill the tooth guy, where he's like... Because he's like, oh, you, you didn't even like me before. And he's like, yeah, but I do now, Grandad. And he's like, well, I've been waiting for that for too for long. And it's like, <laughs> it's supposed to be a big moment, but it just, like, falls flat because he's... Yeah. Well, that's, that series... 11 we're not talking about that but now. maybe but just my point stands yeah maybe we should have called uh, series 11 doctor who granddad granddad yeah that yeah yeah <laughs> series 11 granddad that's what it should have been called but um, I, I i think that john bishop's character because it, it does have a lot of john bishop in it oh very, yeah um a lot of his like comedy and stuff is like well written into the character but i think he feels like an actual character with actual motivation like he's just a good guy who wants to help where he can, you know? Mm. He wants to help strangers at a museum. He wants to help the homeless yeah. with, like, food banks you get, and you stuff. Get him. And he wants to do it at the expense of himself. Yeah. So when he gets trapped later on in the past for three years, he doesn't sit about and mope about it. He's like, well, no, I'm going to just throw myself into this task because we've got people to save. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that aspect of his character. Yeah, um, I, I just, I really enjoyed that companion. Maybe he's a bit. I personally think he's better than Yaz. You know. Yes, because I I think, and this is the problem with having Yaz for like the last couple of years. Who, by the way, I think she's the longest companion of the new era. Clara. No, no, Clara was twenty. Um, I think she was twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. But she had two doctors. She had two doctors, but she had the eleventh doctor for like seven episodes. Oh, because um, she was half a series seven, 
he regenerates into Peter Capaldi. Then she was with Peter Capaldi for two series um, and then left. And so she was actively with the Doctor for like three years. Um, and then there was a gap between her series and then the, the new stuff. So her final, I think she was only there. She was only a companion for three years where Yaz, because she's in the specials next year as well, will go from like 2018 or 2017 to 20, um, 2022. Oh. So she'll actually be like the longest companion in the new era. I hope she dies. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, it's a bit harsh. No, no. I, th- I, mean, I think... Like, I hope she, like, she needs to leave. I um, think, like, have them make out with the doctor, and then you know, she leaves. Also, yeah, series eleven came out twenty eighteen, so she'll have been a companion for four years. Okay. Eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. It's five years even. In that weird that we know very little about her, but she's been a companion all that time. That is really weird. I don't like that one bit. This is why I'm saying just get rid of her. Get Dan as the main one. Well, I I don't I don't think you should kill her. I just I just think you need to develop her a bit more because they completely abandoned her police stuff because they couldn't make a way to make that relevant. They completely abandoned her family stuff because they Chris Chibnall doesn't like writing people's family life, I guess, or doesn't know how to or doesn't know how to make it relevant. He doesn't know and how I to think write. Her, I think it was such a shame that in the episode later on that we'll talk about in a bit that her mental health stuff doesn't get addressed. We explore the Doctor's past, Dan's past, and Vinda's past, but Yaz's past doesn't get explored because they just use it to set up the Weeping Angel for the next episode. So even though her past is the one I was kind of the most, or not the most invested because there's the Doctor, but of the companions, I want to learn about, like, a bit more about her because finally we've got, we've whittled the TARDIS team down to just one person Let's get to know a bit better, and we yeah, still don't because we have like, new yeah. characters to establish. And even like when they are established, like fucking Vinder's past and his sort of grudge against the Grand Serpent doesn't really, you know, go anywhere. So yeah, what did you think of the uh, the second episode? Because the first episode is mostly just introducing character stuff, but I think characters. Their stories and arcs don't really get wrapped up till later on, but I think episode two is much more self-contained. So, what did you think of that episode? Um, that's with the Santarans, yeah. Yeah, War yeah. the Santarans, it's called. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that episode. Um, I like seeing the the Santarans again, um, especially with their new look. Um, I did my like... favorite design. Oh, they look like knights, you know? They're like that, like their armor, you know, like medieval. Well, it was kind of um. In the uh, in their first ever um, appearance, it was in a Pertwee, Pertwee era episode called the Time Warrior, I believe. Oh. And the idea was that it was it was in the it was in a medieval period, and the Suntaran comes out and just claims the earth. And the Suntaran since then are kind of meant to be like comedic. They're sinister and they kill people, but they're also supposed to be funny with the extent that they will go to war and kill people because it's just warfare for the sake of warfare. Um, And I think this brings it back because, one, the design is a good throwback where it goes back to black instead of blue. Yeah. And I I think their characterization is the same. 
Mm-hmm. Or, like, closer to the original. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I thought they were designed in David Tennant's era. It was cool, but then when you compare it to this one, I feel David Tennant's uh, look was a bit cartoonish, you know? This one, I, you know, I'd be more terrified if I saw these type of Suntarans than the weird... I, I They're not cartoonish, but when you do compare them, it's just not as threatening, you know? Um, and part of me thinks, I think the reason they went for blue with the Suntarans back in the day is because they wanted to have, like, a distinct colour for that character. Or those... Um, that army, that species, in the same way that the Daleks were bronze, the Cybermen were silver, they wanted the Suntarans to be blue. But I think they should have just kept the black design. Yeah. Um, but Because um, I, I think it really works in this... Uh, this episode. episode. Yeah, I also really... Well, the series. Yeah, because they, they keep coming back. But um, I really did like that episode when, you know, they're fighting um, the British. Um, that fight was quite cool to watch. Um, I, like, the conflict between them was really interesting. I really liked it. And it was cool to see a Suntaran on a horse and, you know, the past... Almost like the past fighting with the future because they had, like, futuristic guns and everything. Um, <laughs> I really like that line where he's like... Plus, I wanted to ride yeah, a horse yeah. when they have the parlay. And yeah. I think, once again, I, I'm convinced, had the Chris Chibnall era, every episode just had brand new companions instead of set companions the Doctor was travelling with, it would have been better. Because this Doctor is written in such a way that she's very good at bouncing off people, but not really sticking around. Because I think her best scenes aren't with, like, Yaz and stuff. It's with I one think off. it's with... Yeah, Mary Seacole, for example. Mm. I think them two doing a little adventure is really good. I think the Doctor on her own, like, standing down the Centaurans, I love that bit where she comes face-to-face with the Centaur and she's like, come and take your half- hat off, mate. And then he takes the helmet off and she's like, oh, second thoughts, put it back on. Like, I really like that interaction. Mm-hmm. And I like the way she plays it. Because she's got the kind of childish nature of the 11th, but that northern kind of attitude of the night yeah and yeah. i think they're blended in a way that feels unique rather than her just ripping off previous doctors you know yeah she's adding a wee bit more to it um i'm just trying to think of other things i liked about the episode um like you know when they're in the different pasts or like the different time zones and um, yeah because yes because one of the the things at the start of this episode is that Dan, Yaz, and the Doctor end up in the Crimean War, where they find out that Russians have been replaced with Suntarans. Yeah. And then because of some weird time magic that they don't really explain, no. Yaz gets sent back to Liverpool in 2021, a couple of days after Halloween, um, and Yaz gets sent, gets sent to the Temple of Atropos, where she meets Vinda. Um and kind of funny, cute little priest triangles that I really liked. Hmm? You know, the little priest triangle things. The things that are like, can you repair? And it's oh, just like yeah, a little... yeah, yeah. I, I like them because it just sounds like a bothered old man frantically trying to, like, fix something. I yeah. Just, I like the voice. The voice was satisfying yeah. to listen to. I get that. I just like that, like, Vinda's there, like, where am I? And the triangle just doesn't care it's just like can you can you repair yeah it's so good (laughs) you know i also like that he just gets to work with taking down the centaurans 
Yeah. Um, like his parents tell him what to do. They find the shipping yard and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going in with a frying pan. I love that interaction where he gets to the con- the control panel and he's talking to the doctor. And I love that bit where he's like, that they've got this obsession with Japanese food. They've yeah. <laughs> temporary command. And she's like, do you mean temporal? Is yeah. that what they could have been saying? Like, it's such a fun interaction. It's so good. Yeah. I think it goes well for his character that he, he he just gets on with what he's supposed to do, even if he doesn't fully understand what's going on. He still tries his best. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he records everything. He doesn't get what's happening. He's just pressing buttons and hoping it all works out. It's so good. He's my mm-hmm. favourite companion. <laughs> and, and doesn't the, his dog friend turn up as well at, towards the end? Yeah, because he's about... And I love that he just accepts that he's about to die and then Carvanista turns up. But this is my problem with this episode. In this episode, they say that there was, like, what, a three-minute eclipse where um, the Carvanista ships, the Lupari ships, seemingly blocked out the sun. And then I guess the shield went down after the flux passed. But the shield, I think, is still active at that time. So why would it just be a three-minute eclipse? Because surely it's st- the planet's just blocked out now because they don't have any sunlight or anything. They don't really explain how the shield works. They don't explain how the Centaurians seemingly slip past the shield just yeah, as a, would I'm... no one have noticed that. And also, why was Carvinista the only Lupari to go for their human that they were a species bonded to? Because we see other humans getting executed. Did they not have... A species bonded Lupari that could come save them. Maybe they did, but it was off screen because makeup was expensive. <laughs> that's, that's but we see it. them get killed. Did those Lupari get killed? Did they try and save them, but the Centaurians killed them? I'm not going to lie. Is Carvanista the only like competent Lupari? Like I think they kind of they try and just gloss over. Oh yeah, the Lupari have a shield up. But at no point do they actually want to explain how that works. Yeah, it was it was episode three. Or like towards the end of episode two and the start of epi- like start of episode three, where I was getting like, "What's happening? I'm I'm getting really lost here." Like the flux was really confusing me. Um, it started off well, because well, but... that's the thing. Because like we said with Yaz, uh, her story is that she goes to the temple of Atropos and she finds these things called the Mori. And I thought that was going to be the MacGuffin of the series. I thought they were going to be really important, but by the end of episode three, they're just not important at all. They're never seen again. Yeah, like they're, they're, they've got an interesting design and I thought they were hinting at a kind of complicated, long history between them and Swarm because I love the fact that he just rocks up to the, the temple and he's like, you try to beat us, you temporal hags, but here we are and we're going to beat you and blah, blah, blah. And then the priest triangle's like, oh my God, you, we know who you are now. You are identified. We need to stop you. And he just turns it to dust. Mm-hmm. But then, by the end of episode three, the Mori are back in place, and Swarm and Azur just say, oh, we'll, we'll try again next time. They just fuck off. And it's like, oh, is that it? I thought the Mori were more important than that, but never mind. I guess not. <sighs> I feel... It, it just got a bit messy after that, I feel. It got... I think it really lost focus, because mm-hmm. who do you think the main villain of this series is? Um... It's not the flux, because that's like an event that apparently. That's like a force. Yeah. Um, 
the skeleton creepy stone people. Um, they're sort of the... But then they're working for a deity called Time, because Time can think, and Time has like a physical consciousness. Did we watch the same show? Because I don't remember that. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, uh, it's at the very end where they oh, unleash yes. Time. Yes, yes. And Time talks to the Doctor. And, I th- and the idea is that time was trapped inside the planet time, which is why they... Are you opening something? I'm scratching myself. I could hear it. It sounded like you were rustling. I was like, are you eating sweets while we do a podcast? No, is, it, is this what you hear? Oh, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you doing that like, right into the microphone? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I didn't like that at all. Oh. Why did you um, go all British? Well, you are British. Never mind. Just carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. I'm Australian. Fuck's sake. Can you do an Australian anyway, accent for the rest of the show? I, I can't do any accent. Do some accent. I wish accent. I could. I can't do any accent. I can do my own accent and that's it. Oh, you're boring. <laughs> you do an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what? That was good. I like that. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. You know what, that guys? Was... Um, I thought this episode was a bit, you know, hit or miss. Oh uh, no, you should have stopped. Oh. You should have stopped. That one sentence. What? Good day, like, mate. You know what? Fair enough. And then you kept going, and it was like, oh no, he's still doing the accent. I didn't realize. <laughs> you, do you know what it I can got do? Worse the more you did it. You know what I can do? Any question you have for me, I'll just respond with "Good day, mate," and. <laughs> Please don't. That would become the most tedious podcast. This has become the most tedious podcast. Don't lie. You're having great fun talking about a shit TV show. Hey, this one was good. Kind okay, of. Okay, better. Complicated. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I think it was around about episode two that I thought, okay, Azure and Swarm, they're the main bad guys. Because you have that brilliant cliffhanger at the end of this episode where all the characters get reunited. Yeah. Um, Dan and Carvanista help take out the Centaurans. You've got... Um, Yaz and Vinda are being threatened by Swarm Nazir. The Doctor defeats the, the time-displaced Suntarans, or whatever that is. That yeah. Um, they all get gathered back at the Temple of Atropos. And then you have that brilliant cliffhanger where Yaz and Vinda have become temporary Mori's. And they're about to face the full force of time. And then he clicks his fingers and it cuts. And I was like, wow, brilliant cliffhanger. And then the next episode picks up where even though we see the fact that when he clicks his fingers, the doctor is stood next to Swarm, they kind of cheat. When yeah. they start the next episode, before he clicks his fingers, the doctor grabs Dan and throws herself and Dan into the little Maury stands. So they become Maury as well and they get taken into this time storm thing. And during the time storm, we see Dan's past, we see Vinda's past, we see Yaz's past, kind of, and we see the Doctor's past. As well as being introduced to another new character, Belle. Oh, it's so confusing. Because we see Belle is um, talking to a little robot, and she is like the point of view of showing what's happened to the universe after the flux. Which I think was good. I think it was good to show that this event, it didn't kill everything, but what is left behind is like a nightmare apocalypse. Right, you explain... Which I kind of like. Yeah, you explaining it there, I... It took me a while to realise that, 
you know, that's that's what had happened. I was that's just, what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, I got really confused. Like, where's where's the flux? I thought the universe was ending. I thought, wait, what? Um, that's, I th- I think the reason why it is a little confusing around about this point is because when you see the flux, the flux just disintegrates planets. Mm-hmm. But when we see it from Belle's point of view, and she's going to these different places, planets are still alive, but the planets have some of the planets have only been half destroyed, and it seems to have affected time because there's that shot where she's walking through a forest, and it just suddenly becomes night. Oh yeah. Nowhere. The, the, it's, I, it's. I was really confused at that point. Um, was that also the episode where she meets up with um, these people on a planet, thinking they're going to be taken away? No, that was that. I think that was um, that was later on. I think is that episode four? That might be episode four. Right, I'll save my fun facts for episode four then. Um, okay, um, but no, this episode was more focused on because you sh- you see Bell, and I think that was just to show you that the Daleks and the Cybermen are still alive, and they're kind of tormenting the universe. But it was also showing that Azure was collecting people. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that was the next episode, wasn't it? I'm really struggling to remember these episodes because they all merge together. <laughs> yeah, which I suppose is kind of the point because it is one stuff. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I, I think the actual, our companions, when we see a lot of their history, some of it I like, some of it feels a little vague and generic. Like Dan was apparently like two days away from getting married when his wife all of a sudden was like actually... You're, I don't like you, you're a waste of space, I can do better, fuck you. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> you, when were you going to get married? Um, it was a terrible joke, man, just move on. <laughs> um, just fuck off. <laughs> just make better jokes. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we see a bit of his life. But it's... He doesn't really name who his wife is. They don't really get into the specifics of why they didn't get married other than she just changed her mind. And it was clear, like, we need to give him a backstory, but we don't really know what type of backstory, I mean, so let's just give him a, a generic one. Yeah, did that um, story add anything to his character? No, I suppose it explains why he's so late in life. Because he, he is like an older guy. He's like, how old is John Bishop? Is he 40s? 50s? Something like that. I guess it was to explain why an older guy doesn't have kids or a wife or anything. Why he's still single. Um, which you don't really have to do. But maybe they felt like they had to. Um, and then I did like a lot of the imagery in this episode. He's 55. He's 55. Oh, he's late 50s. Or mid 50s. Um... I guess they just want to explain that a guy in his 50s is still in his own for some reason. I don't know. That's, yeah. Um, Depressing. But I, I, I do like that scene where he's talking to Die and he all of a sudden, because they're like in and out of consciousness because they're stuck reliving their past. Yeah. I love that bit where he goes, when is this? Mm-hmm. And he sort of stands up and like freaks out and then you see the passenger form and it's kind of hinting at what happened to her. Um, I did like, you know, how you knew there was something off. Like, you know, when Dan is in the past and he's like with uh, his love interest. And it, it just reminded me a wee bit of um, like Inception a wee bit, you know, when they're cutting to one part because you know there's something off. Um, I like yeah. those little moments. They were quite cool. 
I was like, oh, they're being quite clever here. And then, you know, you, the same with Yaz, where Yaz is in the police car and, then she and she's talking to the police officer, but it's the doctor. I loved all that stuff, but I don't think a lot of that character development that we get from these people went anywhere. Um, the stuff with Yaz was barely character development. You see her family, you see her police officer stuff, but it felt like the show was going, hey, do you remember these storylines that we just completely abandoned? Well, we're going to do it again. Because <laughs> like it it, 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 it didn't lead to are... anything. Yeah. I, um, just, I think it was that point where I was getting a bit confused. Like, yeah, I did like the the element of, whoops, this past is not right. Something's wrong. But at the same time, I was like, what's happening? Um, like, Yeah, just... because at the same time, like, it makes sense structurally to have an episode where you really focus on your characters. But because the characters spend this episode separate in different timelines, um, you you get to know them a bit, but they don't get to know each other. So they don't really form any relationships. The most screen time we see of these four characters together is when we're seeing the Doctor's past. But they're not even playing themselves. They're playing the Doctor's former companions. I was really confused at that point. That's... It sounds like you were confused by a lot of this. I really was. <laughs> I was watching this and I was like, what the fuck is happening? That, yeah, I just, I'm suddenly remembering that part about the Doctor's past. I was really confused, but that was her, like, lost memories. That was when she was a Doctor that she forgot, like, yeah. That was, yeah, because that was yeah, clearly yeah. Uh, an adventure of Joe Martin's Doctor. Yeah. Which, again, they still haven't explained where Joe Martin's Doctor fits into the timeline. Oh, so confusing. Was she the last Doctor before she got her memories erased and she was reset? Or was she just one of many Doctors she used to be? They didn't explain the little TARDIS discrepancy we talked about in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. um, How that should be... It can't be a pre-William Hartnell TARDIS if it's a police box, but whatever. Um, They didn't explain who those other companions were. And I think the reason why they were reusing the cast why they reused Yaz and John Bishop and all that for characters that they weren't playing is probably because of COVID. Because if they're all in an acting bubble, they can reuse them in shots and scenes. And then you just need to hire a stand-in to stand there and be a police officer for a couple of seconds. Um, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of why they reuse them. And I think it was a clever way around it but I do think it made this episode very confusing to track yeah. because it's it it is very abstract and it is all over the how, place. How how did this episode end? It ended where and this is this is the thing. The Mori, who you think are gonna be really important, all of a sudden the doctor just fixes it. Oh yeah. She's like, Oh, put the Mori in the passenger form somehow, and then when the passenger form is at the temple we can then take those Mori out the passenger form and put them into the little Mori stands and keep time in place. So they do that, they fix it, and then Azure and Swarm are like, ah, well, we've still got plans, and then they fuck off. They drop Vinder off on a planet to go find Bell, and then they fuck off to do the Weeping Angels episode. How did we get to the Weeping Angels though thing again? Because the Weeping Angel was stalking Yaz. Yeah, somehow the Weeping... Ah, weep, again, yes. Somehow. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. And the, the Weeping Angel takes control of the TARDIS. 
from yeah 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 yeah. they yeah, don't yeah. explain how the weeping angel is in the time storm the doctor goes how are you here anyway anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, barely fucking acknowledges it um and they also had a little uh a little advert for a doctor who video game at one point did you see that did they well was this yeah the yaz yaz is play yaz is talking to her sister then her sister becomes the doctor and her sister's saying hey you need to show me how to play this game because i want to impress a boy so they're playing and then when they look at the screen there's a weeping angel in the video game Oh, yes. And I'm pretty sure that is just a snippet of a Doctor Who video game. Oh. Because I think there's a bit where you get hunted by weeping angels, and I think it's called Edge of Reality or something like that. A Doctor Who VR game. I've not played it. I don't have VR, so I don't, I've not played it. I couldn't tell you. It is Doctor but Who I Edge th- of Reality. Oh, I'm good. I'm fucking good. It got four, um, out, it so... got four out of ten. Four out of ten? By Push Square don't think i'll be investing in vr just for that game then um push square i I think they keep like putting like dlc i think they did like a a dlc where the 10th doctor was added and the 10th doctor meets the 13th doctor or something like that um i'm just looking at it now you know what it looks fun let's go halves in a vr set do you you actually want to play it We'll, we'll we'll do that we'll do that off air but we'll figure it out we'll maybe we can review it for the podcast we'll, we'll do it after spider-man <laughs> yeah we'll do that after Spider- we'll treat ourselves oh you get to how become, much is a i think you get to become a dalek how much is a vr headset like a would have to be a playstation one playstation vr headset how much is that gonna be shopping do 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 about three hundred pound. Never mind. Uh, let's just. Oh, go. we can we can get just the headset for hundred and ninety pound on eBay. So what? We get to um, wear the headset and that's it. I don't think it has like the controllers or anything. Yeah, let's I get think that. It is, let's get I think that. it's literally just the headset. Let's get that. Go on. Um. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about the Weeping Angels? Yes. Let's talk about the Weeping Angels. Because um, that was uh, that was episode four, wasn't it? Village <gasps> of the Angels. I can also say my fun fact. Yes, you can. What is your fun fact? I really hope it's in this episode. If not, it's really embarrassing. But you know when Bella... Is it, is it Bella? Bell. Bell, Bell, <laughs> Bell. Um, I was close there. I'm getting better. Um, when Bell is... Looking for her lover, um, she lands on a planet, and a guy picks her up and says, "Oh, I can help you. We're, we're actually, you know what? We're 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 going to get saved. I can take you to the place where everyone else is at. You know that character? Yeah, he's from Inbetweeners. Is that honestly your fun fact? Yeah, that's my fun fact. He is that it? Just the guy from Inbetweeners? Of course, it's Neil from Inbetweeners. It's Neil from Inbetweeners. Of, of course I knew that. That's not a fun fact. It is. A, you know what? It was a fun fact for me going like, You know what's Neil. a fun fact? A fun fact is that 50% of the in-betweeners have been in Chris Chibnall era Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> what? Because we had Jay from the in-betweeners Did in we? series 11. Yeah, he was the guy with green hair we talked about last <gasps> week. On the oh, yeah. That is a fun fact. But yeah, my fun facts are my shit. My fun fact beats your fun fact. <laughs> Shut up. You know, I'm... You didn't know about Push Square. 
You, I bet you I forgot. I still don't know. About yeah, I, you, I still you, don't know what that you is. You forgot about Push Square. It's okay. It's okay. I, I did. I did. Of course, I did. Um, anyway. We've been angels. Woo! What do you think? After that, um, I I quite like this episode. Really? What about you? What What did you think of this episode? Um, I mean, it's great to see. Well, is it great to see the Weeping Angels again? Because the first time we saw them, they were terrified. And then the common thing is, the more you show the Weeping Angels, the less threat. Uh, the you know, the less threatening they become. Um, so I thought it was good, like seeing the the angels like trying to hunt down this one rogue angel. I thought that was cool. Um, that was an, yeah, that was a interesting. Uh, that was an interesting concept. I like that and how it was hiding in a human. You know, that was cool. Um, and like you, you obviously, I feel that they've probably explored the weeping angels now, and so you know how the image of an image of an angel becomes an angel. You know those small things. If you watched the Eleventh Doctor, it like it makes sense they, when they you see keep it. that stuff. Yeah, up. it's consistent, and I quite like that. Um. You know, it was great to see... Oh, this is another fun fact. You know the professor in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. You know that actor? Is Mr. Gibbs. Damn it! Yes, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gibbs. He was also in a classic episode of Doctor Who. I think he was in The Twin Dilemma. I don't care. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Gibbs and that's all that matters. Um, I liked his character. I thought he was really cool. I really liked he was, him. He was fun. Again, um, it was another side character that they've introduced quite late in the game, but it was a side character I enjoyed. Yeah. So I suppose swings and roundabouts. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think a big issue I have with this episode, though, is that I think this probably started out as an episode just about weeping angels in a village, and then it got added into Flux late in the game. Because this does nothing to further on the Flux storyline. Yeah, I think that's when um, I stopped uh, caring about the show. Because <laughs> it was like, yeah. what, what, what was this? Uh, I would... Chris Chipnall, th- can you just write better stories? <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, you have the whole uh, uh, Peggy kid situation where she goes back in time, then she ages into like a... a... That was a woman, that was, was that was a cool twist, but yeah, it was a bit odd. But it, it it felt like a twist that would be in a different episode. It felt like a kind of holdover almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets that final shot where she gets turned into a weeping angel is pretty good. It's cool. I like it. But then it just it left me asking more questions because then that the way that leads on to the next episode when she is at the kind of division headquarters. Mm-hmm. And it's just Tech Tayoon and a nude. You know, by this point, we've seen Weeping Angels work for Division. We've seen that they've had different soldiers, like when um, the Doctor, like when, like when we go back into the Doctor's past and we see them, the siege on Atropos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If the temple's called. There's clearly soldiers there who work for Division. And we see those soldiers again at the start of Flux who go to check on Swarm's containment cell. But we see none of those soldiers at the division headquarters. So I'm kind of confused at the state of division because Carvinista doesn't seem to be working for division anymore. He seems to be off doing his own Lupari shit. Did division end after they reset the doctor's memories or is division still going on? And if division is still going on, where was their intervention with the time war? 
this is why I, I'm I'm I don't have answers, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but this 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 is my big problem with this is that the the big kind of bad or not big bad, well, but one of the big threats of this era recently has been the division. Yeah. But they've done very little to explain where they are now, what yeah. they're doing, what are their goals. Um, I had a question. You mentioned the guy about the head of division, like he's gone. Uh, Tech Taeyun. Not Tech Taeyun. I thought you said someone else. I didn't say anyone else. I thought you said someone else. I think I'm just getting my I... characters mixed up because who's the guy who has the snake that suffocates That's, people? That's um, the Grand Serpent. That's He's in charge of some space empire right. that Vinder works for. I was confused at that character, but we'll get to that eventually. Um, like, also, see with the Weeping Angels. Like, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. You know that rogue angel? Mm-hmm. That was just a distraction for them to catch the Doctor? No. No, they were trying to... I, did you pay attention when you watched the series? I did, but I was just... I was getting really confused. <laughs> every episode, you're like, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> I genuinely... Who is this guy? What was her name? Oh, Mate, I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when you tell me not to take notes. <laughs> I, well, I thought if you're taking notes, you won't be paying attention. I thought if you pay attention, you'll know what's happening. How how often were you on your phone and watching these episodes? I was, me, Seb? <laughs> I was hardly on the phone. Are, are, you, being, are you being serious? I'm so being... You, are you telling me that, no, did you give these episodes your full attention, but you still didn't get what was I going didn't... on? I just wasn't a fan of the show, man. I was just... Well, that... Because you text me going, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm curious what happens in the last episode. So are you saying that you were enjoying it, but you just didn't know what was happening? No, there were moments where I was enjoying it. Um, but then there was moments where I wasn't enjoying it. But... Because you didn't get what was going on. I didn't get what was going on. <laughs> like, what right, was that? Well, I'll explain. This is why um... I said I have questions. <laughs> I didn't think your questions would be this, uh, I, I, I don't want to use the word basic. <laughs> well, well, Thomas. Basic. I'm a, um, I'm a basic bitch, remember? Because, um, like, the, the, that rogue angel was on the run from Division. Ah, oh, yes, Division, yes, 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 right. Oh, so, so it's not that you, you didn't know that, you just forget. I just forgot, I forgot. I knew, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> <sighs> Because that's that's how she finds out that the angels are working for the fish. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have an odd, weird question. The ouds look really different now, don't they? Not really. It still looks like an ood. It looks like an ood, but like visually, I think it's because I watched um, like the first appearance of the ouds in David Tennant's episodes. But like their weird spaghetti face, like it looks more like rubber than like you know. It just looks different. I, I can't say I really noticed that much of a difference. I, I, I noticed more of a difference in the angels, where I thought the angels looked cheaper. They didn't yeah. look like stone to me as Very much. Very much, yeah. Um, um, but no, I, I, I didn't really notice much of a change in the in the youth's design. No. Um, before we move on to the... We'll stick with the, the angels episode um, before we move on to the next one. But I, I do think that like this episode... It... it I liked it. I liked the the character of Eustatius. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that I, I instead of the watching this episode, what I wanted was more interactions between the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan. I wanted that team 
to kind of have more time together to be a unit. But you don't. And get I that. wish that. Yeah, I wish that instead of getting that once upon time episode where they're all in different timelines, I wish that episode had been an episode where the Doctor, Vinder, Yaz, and Dan, all four of them, had to work together to stop Azure and Swarm from getting the Murray. I wish that's what the episode would have been. Because when we split these characters up again, and then Dan and Yaz get trapped in the past for three years. I thought that was cool. I'd, it was cool, but for Dan, I'm like, why? I, I get why he'd go along, because he wants to help people. But why would Dan trust the Doctor? Because he doesn't know the Doctor. He spent like two minutes with her. Because the Doctor literally is like, oh, do you want to come with me to go get Yaz? And he's like, yeah, I'll come along. They then immediately go to the Temple of Atropos. They immediately get split into different timelines. And then from there, they go back on the TARDIS, immediately get uh, attacked by the Angel. Or it's like a couple minutes, enough time for her to record that very convenient hologram. Oh, yeah. And And then they instantly get split up again because they land, they open the TARDIS doors. I do like that someone was trying to phone the police, and yeah. then they just come out of the TARDIS. I did like that. And then she gets a little signal on her sonic screwdriver, and then she just fucks off. Uh, yeah, and she she's once them, again yeah. separated from her companions. Yeah. So her time spent with Dan must have been about 20 minutes, but I suppose, 30 minutes. I suppose when you suddenly have a dog person saying, I must protect you, you're kind of like, I want more questions, or I, I want more answers to what the fuck's going on. Um, so I'd follow the doctor just to get explained because you're, you're, but... you're brought into like something really random. You're not just going to go, oh, cheers, thanks very much. Um, oh, well, see you later. You, you, you'd be, you know. No, that, that is true. But yeah. then when the adventure's wrapped up at the end of the show, he still's like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to I'm going to travel the universe yeah, but... with you. But he doesn't really know the doctor. And he has that scene where he's talking to Yaz. And this is in episode five, but still. He has that scene where he's talking to Yaz and he's like, oh, don't worry, we're going to find her again and she's going to she's gonna help us, she's going to save us. But he's... And it's like, why would you think that? You've known the Doctor less than a day. But he's a he's a hopeful man, you know, he's, you know... Which I get, I just wish positivity. that we'd have seen... He, I get, because I, his character is that he's positive and he wants to help people and I think yeah. his character's well written in that sense. I just think that the character would be more fleshed out or the relationships would be more fleshed out if we'd actually got a full episode of uh yaz vinder dan and the doctor all working True. together i suppose his reaction or is it yaz going like i don't know what to do and he's going like oh would you know the doctor will come and save us yeah, yeah. it should have been reversed it should have been reversed yeah that would have made more yeah. sense because yaz has been with the doctor for god knows how long but dan's like having a... that would make more sense but at the same time i'm not you know i'm not Losing my hair over it because he's a positive... I, I wonder if, and um, this kind of goes into what you were saying about the quick cuts in the last episode, I wonder if this was supposed to be a longer series. But why Why would they then say, oh, no, 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 we've got to keep it to six? Um, budget reasons, maybe they were running out of time to finish special effects and they were trying to get it out by certain checkpoints like Halloween for the December uh, or whatever. 
Uh, maybe the episodes were supposed to be longer, but the BBC were like, no, you only get an hour's time slot. Um, I think there's like a lot of story stuff missing because um, and now that we're sort of getting near the end, because I have a list of questions I'd like to yeah. run by so, you. You know, I've just, I don't know why I've just suddenly thought of this weird memory that I had as a kid. But when I was watching Doctor okay. Who... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck's this going? Was... What's this got to do with Flux? <laughs> it's got something to do with Doctor Who. Because, you know, you were saying... Okay. That... <laughs> you were just saying, oh, I know this isn't, this isn't relevant, but I'm having, like, a, a weighted flashback, Thomas. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I was molested as a child. Oh, no. Not this time. Um, but... <laughs> No, but oh. I, it was just when you were saying like, oh yeah, you've only got like an hour or like the special effects weren't ready at the time so they had to quickly cut stuff. Like I always thought when, you know how Doctor Who's released every week, I always thought that after a show, like they just made the episode, they made the series per episode so they would shoot the first episode for that one week, do all the special effects and then release it on the Sunday then they all have a break on the mon- on the Sunday evening, knowing like, ah, it's aired. <laughs> and then they go back to work, making that next episode for the next Sunday on the Monday. You thought they'd make it weekly, that they were just like, right, let's rattle out an episode every week. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought that's how shows work, that they did an episode a week. You know, they, were, they would use the full week I to mean, record. I guess that's how soap operas work. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Doctor Who. Because then I was like, ooh, I wonder how they're going to be recording this episode you know anyway that no right that was a fun fact well not uh, fun no, yeah <laughs> fun fact that you didn't know how tv worked when you were a kid when i say um, a kid i thought of this last night you know <laughs> you were like wow they really made these that's why they're so that's why they take place on the day they're released because they make them in advance right <laughs> oh. um right anyway what were you gonna say well, I think we should wrap up um, the, the episode five just... and six, okay. and then I'll I'll run through my not the episode, not this week's episode, the episode of the show. What did you think of the last two? Because this is where it really dropped off for me. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I really like the fact that you know the companions have been in the past for three years that the Doctor hasn't come and saved them because it, it felt like a fun like swashbuckling yeah. adventure type and thing, didn't I've, it? Like an Indiana yeah. Jones almost. Yeah, and like you felt that the stakes were high that they've been stuck in the past for three years and they haven't seen the Doctor for ages. Like you, I felt that moment. I was like, okay, this this is quite a new storyline we're getting they're stuck in the past you know so i did like that um i thought their adventures were quite cool um uh but we didn't get you know how there was a group trying to stop them from uncovering like the day that the yeah was gonna happen. um did we did find out that group that was after them right they because you see a tattoo on their yeah, wrist it's like a not a snake they yeah, they work for the Grand Serpent. Ah, there we go. There we go. Makes sense. Um, it's already explained what he was trying to accomplish, how he knew what they were doing. They don't even go, oh, hey, he was the guy. To... They, I don't even think the companions find out. They're like, who's trying to kill us? Anyway, moving on. I don't think they ever like put it together that the Grand Serpent's the one trying to kill them. Um I don't even think they find out who the Grand Serpent is. Yeah, Does, but... Do Yaz and Dan ever have a scene with the Grand Serpent? 
No. Wait a minute. Was I that, don't think they do. Was it in this episode where you're seeing the Grand Serpent in time, like in the past? Yeah, where like, he's fucking with Unit. Yeah, I was really confused at that. I bet you were, Seb. No. That seems to be the theme of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because the, like, the last time we saw him, he was in the pilot's past as he was, you know, in charge of their... Yeah. But then the next time you see him, well, he's in the past I, yeah, with the unit and he's kind of... I rewatched unit. this. Like, oh. I rewatched this this morning, actually. and Because um, I like rattled through it all in one block. Um, well, I watched three last night, three this morning, and it doesn't matter. Uh, that hologram that the doctor records for Yaz, don't really get why she records it, because she records it going, hey, um, I'm recording this, uh, it's an adaptive hologram, um, basically, uh, there's a chance that you and I might get separated. Yeah. And she, yeah, and I'm like, okay, it's weird that you assumed that, but whatever. She's like, um, the, uh, the the flux will have eradicated most of the universe, but there'll still be survivors, and those survivors are going to need a home. You're going to have to look. Uh, if you're displaced in time, she says something like the flux will have caused ripples through time. People will have picked up on it. So wherever you are, I don't know if you're with Dan or by yourself or whatever, but you're going to have to look for, like, any sign of when the universe might end. Well, yeah, this was another thing. And it's like, I, I don't get why the Doctor would have recorded that then. Yeah. Because they literally just get on their TARDIS and they're like, right, we need to go investigate the flux. Why would the Doctor then go and record a hologram? Like, hey, we you might end up in the past. Yeah, um, like, so how in would case you know that happens... Here's yeah, she's like, in case that happens, also, here's what you got to do. What, what happens if... What happened if she recorded that... And they didn't get separated. I'm, but then l- there's like a I'm later... Still, I'm still answering your first question. <laughs> you don't remember what your question was, do you? What was my question? You, you were confused by the Grand Serpent. Oh, can I... But I, wanted to... I, was, I was explaining the, why the Grand Serpent was in the past. Um, but I just had a quick <laughs> thing about the hologram. Okay, go ahead. It's not funny now that you've just stopped me mid-through. No, go on, go on. No, but go like, ahead. you know how she... Cool, man. <laughs> You know how she records that and says, we might get separated, yeah? Um, yeah. She records that, and then they they don't get separated. They stick together, and the flux is all saved. But then there's a later event that they then do get separated, and the Doctor goes, oh, I recorded this in case we get separated, and gives it to Yaz, and then Yaz opens it, and it's obviously talking about a previous event that happened to them. And that hologram is useless. You, I, I felt the moment where you regretted telling this joke. <laughs> you know what? I, I felt your energy deflate as you realised I've talked too long and this isn't that funny. Yeah. When did you realise it? Because I know when I realised it. Was it about the time where you were like, and then she said it's for a previous event, and then she gives it to Yaz. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> Tears in my eyes. That was that was it. That was it when I was like, this is... I should have listened to Thomas. I should have listened. <laughs> anyway, I'll go back to the question I was answering before. When the doctor in that hologram Can I just says, repeat the question? So what happened to the... How... <laughs> 
what is my question? No. Um, Your question was... The I'm, serpent. It wasn't even a question. You were just confused <laughs> by the serpent. Right. I was confused about the serpent in the past. Go. So, when the doctor gives Jazz the convenient hologram about events that she wouldn't know happened, the doctor's like, there's going to be creatures out there who will need a home. And I, the way they word it... It's it's like a, it's almost got like anti-refugee subtext. Okay. Because it says it says something like there's going to be creatures out there who are now going to um, be displaced they from their home and going to need a new home. And then she says a place to take over. And there's subtext there that are implying that if refugees have been displaced from their home, the first thing they're going to do is take over the next home and, like, cause a war. And I think it's very dangerous subtext to have because that isn't at all the case. Um, what, I just this, thought that was a bit... What's this got to do with the serpent? That was my main well, question. he's one of those displaced people because he clearly... Because him and oh. Vin... That, the, he's in charge of that empire that Vinda works for, right? Right. His empire obviously gets taken out by the Flux... So, he goes to Earth because Earth is protected by the Lupari shield and somehow has time travel abilities and he goes back in time and infiltrates Unit so he can take control of Unit's defences so that they can let the Suntarans in because despite having the Lupari shield, the Suntarans somehow have ships stationed in Chile. Yeah, they do, don't they? Which and they don't explain. I guess did they teleport in? Because we see them teleport at one point, like the spaceships. I don't know. It's a bit vague. All of this. They is just a got us and Tarans are here, and I think that's the re- like these last couple episodes really fall apart. And I don't think it was necessary to reintroduce the Grand Serpent because I get that they wanted a hero moment where Vinda defeats the Grand Serpent. I guess, but reintroducing that character who was kind of just a background character for like episode three reintroducing him as like a big bad for like attacking earth as well as providing a weird origin story for unit which chibnall had like disbanded like back in 2017 2018 whatever um reintroducing them felt weird because then, like, Kate Stewart's there, and Kate Stewart goes dark, which, okay, cool that they've explained that. But then in the next episode, she doesn't fucking do anything. No, she just appears up again, and, like... She has that line where she's like, I'm the head of human resistance against Santaran occupation. But you don't see anyone else in that resistance. You get that one guy who sells her out and goes, oh, she's she's in the, the Williamson Tunnels or whatever. But you don't see anyone else working for human resistance. No. You don't see any more of Unit. You don't see fucking Osgood or anything like that. Unit was amazing back in the day. Now it's just... I don't care. And yeah, and it, it was it was weird because, you know, I'm a big fan of Unit. I think Unit are a really interesting and necessary part of Doctor Who because they're good at, like, basically wrapping up all the loose ends for, like, the story set on Earth. And I think there's been interesting characters introduced through unit mm-hmm. um like malcolm kate oh, stewart malcolm. um captain marissa mcgumbo from the planet of the dead and the um turn left alternate oh universe. yeah 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 
Um, was it Malcolm who made up his own unit of measurement? Yeah, that was good. Good guy. Uh, I, he's he's really fun, and I think <clears throat> I think they should have made a unit spin-off a long time ago. Oh, um, that would have been cool. So, but it, but then you ha- you would have had Sarah Jane Adventures. You would then have Torchwood for adults. Um, that sounds like a weird porno. <laughs> Torchwood for adults. Torchwood for adults. Um, and then Unit would what? Where would Unit? Who would that be for? Just you can have the same demographic for you can do that for like the same demographic Doctor Who's for, or do another adult show in the vein of Torchwood. Hmm. You don't just have to have one per age group. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. It's how it works. The, Marvel have had fucking what twenty five movies. They didn't do each one for a new age group. You know what I saw? Really, actually, this got nothing to do with Doctor Who. I was going to get really sidetracked there. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm, <laughs> tell I'm, me after I'll tell you after um, oh I had a question oh no I had a fun fact I had another fun fact Thomas before you before you do that let me let me just finish finish this off um, I think Big Finish nailed it because they've done a unit spin-off um, and because they did like with a bunch of audio dramas and they had Kate Stewart they brought in the um, the architect not the architect the uh, curator from the day of the doctor tom baker they had osgood involved and they just had stories where it was unit dealing with alien adventures i think that's the type of shit they should have done and cool maybe this episode will open up that doorway but i don't think unit were necessary for this story because they didn't do anything in that final episode they had kate stewart there but she just kind of stood around and went hi i'm kate stewart and that was it you know, it, she just provided a bit of exposition, a bit of exposition, but she didn't actually do anything. Anyway, uh, what was your fun fact? My fun fact was, you know, the serpent. Yes. Yes. Um, have you watched Misfits? Yes. Yes. He is one of the probation workers in Misfits. He is, isn't he? Is he mm. one of the ones who gets killed? Um, no, he's one of the dicks. He's he's the one that stays for a while. He just does not give a shit about them. Yeah, because doesn't he come up and he's like, oh, you've had two probation workers die, now I've got to work for you guys. Yeah, Fuck and he you. literally... Like, yeah, he does not give a shit. I always um, found him funny. I think he's quite good in this. I think... Yeah. I think he's he's got a good performance, but I don't think it was necessary. <laughs> I think he, he, he can act, but it's not necessary. He doesn't need <laughs> yeah. to act. <laughs> oh, you could have you even just had him turn up and be like, hey... Um, Suntarans, I'm going to help you get into the Lopari Shields, but you, know you have what? to work for me. Um, I don't think you had to do the whole unit stuff. Like, I guess structurally it makes sense because you want Vinda to have that hero moment, mm-hmm. like I said before. But he, he kind of doesn't. Him and Kate Stewart just kind of like back him into one of the doors. Yeah. And I guess technically it pays off. But at the same time, there's still a bunch of questions like, what the fuck are Division doing? Yeah. You know, explain that. And I think the fact that you've introduced him as a big villain and him and the Centaurans had taken over Earth and Earth is kind of like the final setting for the big battle, I think that it takes away from Swarm and Azure. They don't really do anything in these last two episodes. And they are far more compelling villains. They are, and yes. reply there. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm not gonna lie. I was pausing, going, "Shit, who are they again? Who are they again?" <laughs> they're the, they're the skull-faced people. Oh, you should have said the skull-faced people. That's how I remembered them. 
Oh, yeah, why should I name a character by their actual name? <laughs> um, I do have a fun fact again. I've got so many fun facts. Um, this is not the first time someone has helped the Centaurans, who are a different species. I think every episode they're in, someone of a different species helps them out. Right, okay. I retract <laughs> my fun fact. It's like it's like a common thing with fucking Rattigan does it in the, the fucking other one. Rattigan? Rattigan, Rattigan Academy, the little genius boy. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about, uh, you know, did you ever watch the Great Mouse Detective cartoon? (laughs) Why the fuck would I be talking about that? But you know the character, Rattigan? I think... He's he's basically Moriarty, but a rat. Oh, because he's like a, yeah. Rattigan? No, I wasn't talking about Rattigan. Oh, I really want to watch that again. (laughs) I don't have the energy for you today. <laughs> I really don't. We should. Can we do an episode on the Great Mouse Detective? How about you just you just do this episode? Set? <laughs> How about we just get through this? But me, I don't know what's going on in the episodes. Fucking, I can fucking see that. Oh right. Um, right. Let's just let's wrap this up. Wrap this the, up. The, the show before we get into my questions. Oh yeah. Do you think that episode six? tied everything in together neatly um neatly no they tried to rat and finish it all up and it was all very rushed i didn't quite like the doctor being in multiple places i thought that was a bit confusing i think that was literally only done because they got to a point where all the characters were different locations and they realized oh fuck they don't actually know what's going on we need someone to come in and help them but the only character we have that can do that is the Doctor, but she can't be in three different places. Oh, wait, she can. Oh, let's just... <laughs> let's just yeah, let's just make it that she can. She can. Right. Can you explain to me how she can? I Because they say that, oh, because she took that little badge off, that meant that she was going to get taken oh, back yeah. to the main universe. At the same time, that Swarm was going to manipulate her matter by, like, touching her head, that it's, like fractured her and split her into three places but why she would be with Carvin Easter and um, Yaz and Dan at the same time surely it would be one of them is outside the universe and one of her is inside the universe why would two of her be in different points inside the universe yeah you know it, it. I don't get that bit I don't get it you know also with Dan and Yaz when they finally get back home through the right door yeah yeah i just felt that was like all quick as well like oh yeah they've been they've spent three years trying living in the past and then they get through the right door and there they are and there's the doctor you know it just felt (laughs) (laughs) it was very like oh the doctor's here great it's like we did it guys like it just felt a bit i would have thought there should have been like a moment you know of like holy fucking we, we did it They've spent three years of their lives in the past and they're only now just home. And then the doctor uh, yeah, appears I, and they're just like, oh, right, okay. It's like, no. I think the point where that's most obvious that they didn't really think about, oh, fuck, it's been three years, is the fact that when Eustatius Jericho dies, Yaz and Dan, who've spent three yeah, years with this man, yeah. have no reaction. <laughs> they do not give a fuck. Did they not just make like a small comment? It's like, oh, Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it cuts to Yaz and Yaz just goes, oh, Jericho. 
Did he really? And that's need... it. <laughs> Wait. Also, did he really need to sacrifice himself? There, there was like an escape board right behind him, and he was like, "You know what? Nah." Well, he, he couldn't get past the shields. But the doctor said, "Like, oh look, there's get, get into that escape pod right behind you, and you'll be saved." And he's just like, "Nah." I've... No, because I, 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 no, she. Okay, I guess. I no, because she, she, Cause like she the, goes like. Does she say get into the escape pod? Yeah, she. I swear, this is the one part. I don't know what. I don't know what good that would have been because he literally he still can't get past the Lupari spacecraft. But he said, but I felt like he just did a good like. Oh, I've had a long, tiring adventure. That'll be fine. I, I, I just want to end it here. But yeah, they um. It was I a bit think weird. it was. Plus, it's, he's in the past, so technically, isn't time broken because he's now dead in the future and. He has a whole life to live in the past that... No, because he, he still lived his life up until that point and then he just went to the future and died. Yeah. It doesn't really affect anything. I don't understand the Doctor Who timeline stuff. Anyway, um... I can fucking tell. <laughs> <laughs> Is it obvious? Um, right. But no, I, um, I, I personally, I think it did wrap things up relatively well except for the big glaring fact that surely the universe is still fucked yeah they they i was really confused at that like because there's there's a point right where azure and swarm or azure i should say swarms like off fiddling with the controller and azure is talking to the doctor and azure says we're going to release the final flux and then we're going to wind it back and do it again, and keep a, a constant loop of destruction that will continually and eradicate the universe. And that's what they wanted. They just wanted to yeah, watch the because universe she just, die and die. Yeah, yeah. They just they because they think entropy is the the way forward, and they wanted to put the universe in a constant loop because that's what the Doctor apparently did to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's weird because. They say, oh, yeah, we're going to release the final flux and roll it back and do it again. So I saw people going, oh, well, because they reset the flux, everything went back to normal and then they were going to release it again. But the fact she says we're going to release the final flux makes me think that, oh, they've already released one flux and then they're going to release the final flux and then rewind it. Because the Daleks and the Cybermen all try and... they have that truce with the Centaurans because they're like, yeah, we don't want to get wiped out by the Flux. And they were like the only armies that survived. So I thought it was the survivors coming to hide from a second Flux, a final Flux. Mm -hmm. And that the Doctor, she doesn't rewind the Flux or anything. She absorbs the Flux into the passenger form, which I think that was a, a fairly clever payoff. Um, that they establish that a passenger is infinite. Um, do you know what I mean? Oh, you wanted me to comment on that? Yes. But you know when they're running in the forest and it's just never ending? Sorry, I'm just checking something. Yes. Um, I think that was paid off fairly well that, oh, because it's infinite, it has the space to absorb the flux. That makes sense. I thought so that paid does off. That, does that mean that the Daleks and Cybermen no longer exist in this universe? I mean, we're clearly fucking up because the special is going to have Daleks, isn't it? The but New Year's all, special. 
But they all died. Exactly, they all died. So how did they survive again? Oh, Chris, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm not exactly sure when the Dalek Empire is supposed to, like, in the timeline. This is one of the confusing things that Stephen Moffat did. Um, most of his space stuff takes place in the, the 52nd century. River Song, going to prison, all the stuff with, like, Madame Kavorian, all of that more or less takes place in the 52nd century. Um, but even though it takes place in the future, Stephen Moffat would always refer to it as just in the galaxy, the biggest power in the galaxy, as if it takes place at the same time relatively to the companions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's carried over here, where technically I'm pretty sure that Dalek Empire that gets rebuilt by the Paradigm Daleks who escape in victory of the Daleks they go off and rebuild their empire. And somehow, they save Davros from the Crucible, and Davros helps them remake the Daleks, and they rebuild Skaro somehow, and all that crap. Fine. I'm pretty sure that all takes place in the in the 52nd century. Right. Um, which is after Captain Jack, all that shit. But way before the Satellite 5 stuff with the Emperor of the Daleks. That's like 200,000 years in the future. Did you say you wanted to do like a Doctor Who timeline? Because I'm still getting confused. Like uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it and I can explain it to you properly. I'll, I'll, we can do an episode where I just teach you that shit. Um, Thank you. But um, the, the thing that, the little discrepancy here is these Daleks are just, dark, they've not time-travelled like they did in Resolution or Revolution of the Daleks, I think it was. Um, these are Daleks that apparently exist a whole fucking fleet of Daleks that exist in modern day. No idea where they came from. Okay. Same with the Cybermen. The Cybermen, all of their stuff, all of their armies, they're out there in the future. But for some reason, these Cybermen exist in modern day. And they've got oh, the yeah. new sleek modern designs from like way into the future. Yeah. How the fuck did future Cybermen and future Daleks get to modern day? Unless they were fucking time-travelling somehow. Or unless Chris Chipnell just wanted to show off what other monsters they have that they can show off. And I think that's exactly what it was, because there was no point to have the... I get that they were like, oh, the Centaurans, if the Centaurans are seen wiping out the Daleks and the Cybermen in one go, the rest of the universe will be like, wow, they're the most powerful force ever. We need to bow to them. Here's the thing. I get that, but it felt unnecessary. Yeah, like, see with these big ending stuff in Doctor Who, and I suppose in other stories as well, well, it depends, but, for example, Doctor Who, where you see these big, you know, life-threatening disasters that are fast approaching, like the Flux, there's, you know, there's no real impact in the long run, you know? Because, like you said, the Daleks are going to be in the new special, and I'm just like, well, that doesn't really make sense, you know? And it also didn't really seem to leave an impact on the planet, because then you see Dan... And people are just going to yeah, museums and just is, as if nothing happened. This, like this, this is why I was really confused. Like this big event of the, the flux, a really cool idea that's just destroying planets, and, and like it's not going to stop. This is this is why the RTD era, Rusty Davies era, is my favorite because every I don't know what word I said there. Don't, consistent. Don't, and then you, you don't 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 guess what I'm going to say because you're sorry. wrong. That's not that's not what I was going to say. Okay, what, what were you going to say? say? Is, Every Earth invasion has an impact on the next one. 
Yes, it does. Because you see and them you, reacting. You to have them. stories like Midnight and Loving Monsters where you see regular people react to those yeah, events. Yeah, yeah. Not Midnight, sorry, Turn Left. Um, because you see Donna oh, Noble's life if episode. the Doctor was never there. And you keep. It's a great episode. And it works because it takes all those little invasions, all those attacks on Earth, and goes, this is what would happen if the Doctor wasn't there. I'm looking forward to having um, him back. Same, same. And what's even smarter about that episode is because the Doctor died, he couldn't go back in time. So he couldn't go forward in time to um, meet the Master. So the Master never gets his TARDIS, never becomes Harold Saxon. So he doesn't go back in time and does the Lazarus, the Lazarus experiment, which is why the Lazarus experiment, even though that's a story set on Earth, doesn't come up in the Donna Noble alternate history because in that universe, the Master never became Harold Saxon. Mm-hmm. That's clever. So that experiment never happened, which is also why that, yeah. when the Rackness ship gets shut down in Donna's alternate history, you don't hear the line, orders from Mr. Saxon, they just shoot the ship down. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. RTD was on top of his continuity, where in this one, they just went, fuck it, bring in Simon and Daleks. Even though Simon and Daleks aren't really around during that era. You get some Daleks that time travel and go back, but they don't, they aren't really present in modern day. They're like in the far future, or at mm. least the big armies and stuff are. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it annoys I'm you. really annoyed because yeah. I didn't want Flux to be a Centauran story. I was really interested. I remember saying to you last week, I thought Swarm and Azure were characters that if they had like a good payoff, they would be, could have been yeah, reoccurring villains. I remember you saying We that. don't really get singular one-off character villains anymore. You get Davros and the Master as they arch enemies to the Doctor but you've not really had a new one since then. And I thought it would have been really cool to have a brand new villain and they establish in the first episode that he can regenerate or has some kind of regenerative ability. Because you see the old version of Swarm, the crystals come out of his face and he changes his face and he becomes regenerated, Um, which they never really explain in the series. But I thought because you have a villain who can regenerate like the Doctor, you could bring anyone in to play this guy. Same with Azure, and you can have this team keep reoccurring in new eras. But because they just they just it gets to the end of this story and their plan gets failed because the flux gets absorbed into passenger. Time kind of gets released, well not really. He has like a conscious presence, but he's still trapped in that planet. And he just goes his reward for your failure and disintegrates them, but they seem happy with it and they just disappear. This is, this is, oh, okay. I, I tell the white lie. This is the point where I was on my phone. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, of course. Cause I was, <sighs> no, I did watch that part, but I was just really confused. Um, cause and then they have, phone. they had what I thought was a very forced, and I get, I, I'm kind of bored when they do this because they did it with, Matt Smith and did it with David Tennant. I'm kind of bored of the Doctor getting their death prophesied. Yeah, like we've seen that before. Like I and it she's, was. Hang on a minute. She's the timeless child. She can just regenerate numerous times. So what's the what, yeah? So, and they had that very forced line where Swarm goes. Oh, not Swarm, but it's time with the face of Swarm. 
goes, ah, there'll be no regenerations for you this time, but we know RTD's coming back as showrunner. We hmm. know she regenerates next year. We know there's a 60th anniversary coming out. So when the doc- when the villains are going, yeah, it's like, we know she's going to regenerate. Unless they pull a fucking switcheroo and we're actually just going to follow doctors from that period of time that she's forgotten. Oh, I wouldn't like but, that. But, <laughs> I mean, other than that, I can't see how she won't regenerate. No. What, um, what questions do you have that you wanted to ask me? Yeah, well, because these are just questions that I had by the end of the show. Um, I think I've asked most of them uh, as we've gone. But, for example, who were those division guards at, who were checking on um, Swarm? In what episode? Do you remember who I'm talking about? Just humour me. Um... <laughs> In the first episode, Swarm... The guy, the purple skull-faced guy. Oh, yeah, the guard, the guards who come and check yeah. on them in the opening episode. I take it they're Division, but we don't see any guards when we see Tech Tayun at Division. Tech Tayun doesn't talk about, oh, he killed my guards. It's implied that Tech Tayun released Swarm from his prison, which means that She's the reason for she this. wanted those operatives to get killed. Doesn't one Which doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no, but they both get killed. Uh-huh. Um, he kills one, breaks free, and then kills the second one. Ah. Um, I I had here. How did Swan get out? It's kind of implied that it's Tech Tayun, but not really. For, like no. he says, "You released me. Now I'll release you." But she doesn't go. I released Swan as you, so that they would kill you or anything like that. And it also seems counterproductive to release. Um. Swarm Azure, considering that they fucking they get to division and then kill her. What weird? Mm. Um, what was up with the TARDIS? Yeah, why would that never gets answered? Does it? They they sort of say that like, oh, time is running free now that the Murray are dead. It's gonna do one. It's gonna hurt your TARDIS or whatever. And it disappears, then they re- doesn't it? They replace they replace the Murray. The Murray are fine. Time should be back in check. But the TARDIS is still dying? Mm-hmm. Got doors all over the place still? Yeah. Like, like, what? When does it disappear? Is it, like, the Angels one? That's when you don't see the TARDIS until the last episode. Yeah, because they they all get separate from the TARDIS. So then, unit, why are the TARDIS? Which is funny. That means that when the third Doctor was stuck on Earth working for unit. The TARDIS constantly was working on his police box. That unit also had a second police box in storage somewhere. Um, oh dear. Which uh, I don't think. I don't think Chris Chibnall actually thinks about his Doctor Who history. I, don't I think, think he. Don't think I think he, he remembers it vaguely enough that he can pay lip service to it, but not enough where it actually all lines up and makes sense. Yeah. Um, Swarm has a psychic link to the Doctor. What's that oh, about? Oh, in the opening episode when the, he's chatting to her. And he says, oh, the link has been uh, fixed. Yeah. Why yeah. does he have a psychic link to the Doctor? What's that about? And then it's never happened again. Yeah. Um, already asked this one, but what was with the Arctic Circle? Oh, yeah, we don't. Didn't really explain that, did they? Nope, not at all. Um, when you see Belle, 
yeah. uh, and she's like trying to track down Vinda. Mm-hmm. Um, you see these weird little blue creatures that are eating people. Yes. What the oh, fuck no. was this? what was that? Was that not um, the swarm? 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 The skull people? Well, I don't know. Was it? Was that not? We them? don't see that. They don't. I, I. I mean, it was like these weird blue creatures that were like appearing everywhere throughout time. Was it not the? Because they were attacking. Joseph Williamson, no, because the flux is like a blacky orange colour, isn't it? Hmm. Part of the flux? I don't know. I guess it must have been. I have no idea. I... These are good questions. And then they just, it's like in that one episode, then we don't see it again. Um, Maybe it was something on that planet, and as a result of the flux, on that planet, those things, you know... It's as good as an explanation as any. Yeah. I've also got here, what even are Swarm and Azure? Because we don't get a species for them, or where they came from, how they can regenerate. Here's here's my question. You know at the beginning where he kills that guard and then he becomes more human, in a way? Like, you know, he, his physical appearance changes. Yeah. Yeah, when he regenerates. Yeah. I thought that every... From then on, I thought it was like if he touch, if he kills someone. No, because he he does that. I think he just does that. Um, absorbs that energy to trigger that regeneration. I don't think it was for every person. Oh, I think that would have been a good feature. It would have been cool, but I I don't think that was their intention of the biology. I think they wanted to kind of draw a similarity between them and the doctor, but right, they didn't right. explain what their actual biology was, what they are. Yeah. where they come from, what their abilities are. Um, they also don't really explain where the Lupari were when the Suntarans attack. The Lupari, they've got their shield, but they didn't attack the Suntaran ships. The Suntarans yeah, implemented get... some kind of curfew. Yeah, They were there for three whole days in charge of the planet. The Lupari didn't get involved. I'm, I'm still confused how the Suntarans still got in. Yeah. Like um, the Murray, who are they? Where they come from? Those. Uh, what are they? Those are the light bulb things. The yeah. light bulb things. The the priests that are like. Can you no, fix- the no the Murray are the are the are the ones in the with the gold faces and the letters on their face. Oh right right right. Yeah, no idea. The, the you're talking about the priest triangles. The priest triangles. And I think that's just what they're called, the priest triangles. Um. How old is Carvanista? Ancient. Because he was friends with the Doctor when the Doctor was Joe Martin, right? Mm. Which, for the Doctor's personal history, must have been thousands of years ago. Because that is, if that is a pre-William Hartnell Doctor, that's thousands of years in the past. But he doesn't have time travel. He says as such, I don't have time travel. So how... When did that siege of Atropor take place relative to 2020? Did that siege happen on a distant planet like 20 years ago and he's only like 40 years old? Or was it thousands of years ago and he has a very long lifespan? Thousands of years ago and he has a long lifespan. Span. That's what I think. And was he always a dog? Why, why would he not be a dog? I don't know. 
See, when he said, like, oh, were you one of my companions? I originally thought, oh, he must have been a human before. <laughs> and now... You know, the age. Doctor doesn't just travel with humans I know, from Earth, right? I know, but, like, <laughs> I just thought, like, oh, is this a result You of... are a racist, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But, like, I thought... I don't know why, but when I watched that scene, I was like, oh, he must have had a different appearance back when he was a companion of the Doctor. And this is a result of the doctor leaving you. You turn into a dog. <laughs> I'm moving on from that. Um, I've got here, how did the Grand Serpent get to Earth? Through one of the doors. No. Um... You know what? That would make sense. <laughs> that would make... If one of the Williamson Tunnel's doors went to his empire and he snuck in that way yeah. that would make sense because he just randomly appears in the past I, I I wish I saw this online somewhere someone said on Twitter that is part of the marketing for this show he, Joseph Williamson like the actor should have just been turning up in other shows or like adverts <gasps> like by the BBC oh that would have been clever like Strictly Come Dancing he just wanders in and then leaves again you know, that would have been really cool. That would have been Because I, I love that bit where they're on that ship and he, like, walks in and he's like, a ship? A ship at sea? And he's, like, he thinks oh, is that, that they're him all going... crazy. That's him going through doors. Did oh. you did you not catch that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> God said. He even says, he even says... These infernal doorways. Like, he says that in that scene. Uh, I really didn't like the show. <laughs> I, don't, I think you didn't like it because you weren't paying attention. No, I, really, I think I was just too... I was enjoying my pizza. My pizza was too... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Um, I've got another one here that says, uh, why couldn't the Lupari control the Drifter? Because... And we kind of glossed over this. Um... We should have really talked about this before. Bell and uh, Vinda, um, their storyline kind of intersects with Carbonistas because Bell discovers that Azure and Swarm are stealing survivors in their passenger. Mm. So she tracks them down to this monument floating in space. But before she can investigate, Carbonista takes control of that because she's commandeered a Lupari spacecraft. Takes she uh, takes control of that spacecraft and brings it to Earth mm-hmm. to fill a gap because one of their other spaceships, for whatever reason, just drifted away. And what happened to and that? One, yeah, one. What happened to that Lupari? And two, if they can just remotely control spaceships, why couldn't they remotely control the spaceship that just drifted away from the shield? Because they wanted to get Bell. Closer to home. Closer to That's the... obviously the reason why. Yeah, but yeah. narratively, they didn't fucking bother. Didn't they were work. just like, well, we need Bell here. So let's just say Bell gets here now. And then, this was weird. Vinda, I mean, it makes sense that Vinda's tracking Bell and Vinda finds what Azure and Swarm are doing. And then Azure and Swarm trap him inside the passenger. And it makes sense because he does say to Dan, I'm going to help you get her out. So it makes sense that he's tra- that he would want to get caught, sent to a passenger, to try and find um, Dan's love interest. I get it, but it's weird that when he finds Die, 
which I assume is short for Diana. Um, when he finds her, the first thing she says is, finally someone with a gun. <laughs> like what Does like that... she was just like a fucking museum tour guide now she's like this bloodthirsty mean... fuck yeah we're gonna take them but, down but you know how she says finally someone with a gun does that mean there's been other people that she's seen must have been has she been waiting by those steps that whole time has she been because ki- she, has she she knows a lot about passenger falls she does she knows exactly how they work from the sound... for like you go thank you from the sounds of it it sounds like she's been waiting at those stairs, and if they don't have a gun, she just pushes them <laughs> off the cliff. It's like, nah, nah, oh, finally, someone with a gun. Finally. And what's I can... also weird, right? Because besides the fact that she's potentially been killing people who don't have guns, she um, <laughs> she says to Vinda, she's like, I, I found th- this mechanism buried under the ground, and I'm assuming that the fact that it's buried means it doesn't interfering with, which, okay, logical. And then Vinda goes, well, I, I, I want to interfere with systems. That's what I'm known for, whatever, which makes sense. He was the whistleblower for the Grand Serpent who was corrupt. Fine, that all makes sense. So he shoots the system, and that apparently sends them back to that staircase. And then they run up the staircase, and somehow that means they get out of passenger? Um... But didn't they trigger something before that to get out of passenger? No, they literally just say, if we if we shoot this or if we interfere with this, that's going to open up the staircase. But it won't last long. So they run up the staircase and passenger, they get outside passenger. But then when the doctor goes and gets them, they're still just like sat on that staircase. So it can't be the staircase that lets them out. They can't just run up the stairs and get out of passenger. There must have been something else. But I don't remember seeing something that they trigger that means they can get out of passenger. Just that it means they get on that staircase. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really don't know, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. I forgot about this scene until we started talking about it. Um, yeah, you really need to make notes, don't you? <laughs> right, you told me not to make notes when watching this show. This is what happened. I just... Because I thought you'd just, I thought you'd taken the information better, but it seems like you've taken no information. I've taken almost no... everything I've pointed out to you. You've gone, oh yeah, that did happen. What's that about? But to be honest, I've had, I've had fun talking about it. I've, I've had fun reminding you of things. Certainly, yeah, I think it's been more enjoyable. You reminding me of stuff that I watched. Like, it's, it's a good, good bit of banter, ain't it? I'm never saying that again. I'm so oh my sorry. god, I'm so sorry. I. Uh, My last question was, um, were they going to kiss? Yes. Well... They were definitely going to kiss. They were getting emotional, at least. If, at the very least, the people who filmed that scene wanted you to think they were going to kiss. Or maybe the showrunners are oblivious to this all, and they made that scene and going like, oh, that's a really touchy moment, not realising that it comes across that they're about to kiss. Maybe, they're, maybe they don't really realise what they're filming. Oh shit! Sorry. What was that? My bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? I I was I was trying to find this meme to send you. It was about Neil being in Doctor Who, and um, I lost it. I I couldn't find it. Did but you hear I what I said? Yeah, I pressed the thing. I did hear what you said. That's all you're gonna have. To... Oh, cheers! Thanks, man. That's it. What, what, what were you saying? 
Fuck you. Uh, I was. What are you saying? saying? You're you're a twat for this. Um, it's annoying when people don't pay attention to things, isn't it? I don't do it that often. Um, You've done this entire <laughs> show. Right, no. My thing was, I I think the showrunners are oblivious. Um, oh, I do remember you saying that, yeah. To, like, them filming a scene thinking, like, oh, are they going to kiss? Like, they don't even know that they're going to kiss. I, see, do you know what the term queer baiting is? Um... No. Well, queer baiting is apparently something that I don't know how um, how uh, real a thing it is, but it's apparently something that's done in TV shows and movies fairly often, or common enough to develop a term, I suppose, where they bait the audience into thinking that two characters that are considered straight are actually gay for each other, but the showrunners or writers whatever have absolutely no intention of making that relationship canonically gay because they don't want to upset anyone they want to draw in a gay audience but not upset their straight audience um and for the most part i i don't think it happens i think a lot of it is people inferring a relationship that the writers didn't intend to write however in this instance part of me does think that it is queer baiting because you have that line back in like series 11 where Yaz's mum says, Oh, are you two seeing each other? And then since then people have gone, Oh, is there going to be something developed here? And you get little scenes of intimacy. I think the doctor who magazine even described them as a couple at one point. Like recently, um, they said something like, um, they were compared. They said something like, Oh, you have Belle and Vinda doing this. And you also have, Yaz and the Doctor, another couple doing this, which is like, do you mean couple as in like they're a couple of people or a couple as in a romantic thing? <laughs> they mean Whatever. a couple of people. <laughs> but it's like because Bell and Vinder are a couple in a romantic sense, there's like an implication that can be inferred that you mean the Doctor and Yaz are also a romantic couple. Hmm. But it's 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 stuff like this where it creates this narrative of you want. Do you want it to be seen in a certain way to draw on the audience, but you're never actually going to pay it off? Or is there going to be payoff? And in the next three specials that we have... We get to see we'll them do learn... it. <laughs> you could have said that in a far less creepy way. <laughs> but I'm curious as well. Do you think Yaz will leave be like with the 13th Doctor? Or do you think we'll still have Yaz when the Doctor regenerates? I want her to leave. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I don't want her to leave. I want her to get developed. I want her to become a character. And if she stays on and Russell C. Davies is taken over, I have every faith that he will take her and make her a better character. That just and maybe we- with a different Doctor, she'd have a more interesting dynamic. Yeah, but that's weird. I know a lot of people... Just quickly, I know a lot of people who really didn't like Clara when she was with Matt Smith, but when she became Capaldi's companion, they preferred her character a lot more. Oh. Um, so it could be the same with Yaz, with a different Doctor. But this is not... Different dynamic. Yeah, it's not weird for a showrunner to create one character and then pass it on, like not go into depth with this character, like not show her backstory, and then pass it on to someone else to do it themselves, you know? 
I it's mean, a, it's a bit odd from Chris from Chris Chibnall's point of view. You know, it's a bit weird. Like I've made this character, uh, Russell T Davis. You, you fill in the blanks. You know. Well, I I I don't think it would be a case of that because Yaz or the actress Mandip Gill has said or Jill, J I L L. I don't know. Gill or Jill. Anyway, um, Mandip has said. Um, she said that she'd be okay staying on. I think she said something like, I don't think just because you have a new show and it means you need to completely restart everything or she was like, just because you have a new doctor doesn't mean the companions have to change because companions have, um, you know, been, have like stayed over two doctors. Yeah. Rose stayed between the ninth and the 10th, but it has been a trend where, because, uh, Rusty Davies did it and Stephen Moffat did it that when they were leaving they wrapped up their particular eras by closing the door on all the previous companions the Doctor regenerates alone and then they move on so it's a clean start for the next showrunner to pick up um, so this would be the first time if she does stay on this would be the first time that a showrunner has completely on. wrapped up yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I guess it's up to Rusty Davies. Rusty Davies, I don't know how it's worked out because he's already started planning his stuff. He's in pre-production now of his his term as showrunner, and apparently he's told Stephen Moffat what his plans are. And Stephen Moffat is like, they they sound really good. They're really fantastic. So he clearly has plans. So I imagine Yaz's character's fate has already been decided. We'll just have to um, find out next time. Speaking of which, we got a little teaser for Eve of the Daleks. Are you excited for that special and the next two specials following? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even realise there there was a teaser. Are you being serious? I didn't realise. Watch it now, quickly. What, right now? Watch it right now. (laughs) We're going to get your live reaction on this podcast. It's like 40 seconds long. Right. It's 31 seconds. It's called Eve of the Daleks. Well, there was two. There was one that they played at the end of the Eve episode, of and then one the they released. Daleks. Eve of the Daleks. Okay, here we go. Live reaction. It should be 51 seconds. Huh. <laughs> this is going to make great radio. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested. That, um... Have they got a new exterminator gun? Have they got, like, a machine gun? Yeah, they've got, like, a claw, because Chibnall, for all of his Dalek stuff, has removed the plunger and added a claw instead. So it has a claw, and it has a little minigun of lasers. Which I'm okay with. I like it when they mix up the utensils on a Dalek. But now they're really OP, so it's, like, pretty impressive not, to survive a Dalek attack. They're not really OP, are they? The well, Daleks I mean, were already OP. To be honest, it's no more than. I mean, from the, in the past Daleks, they've been like exterminate, and then they shoot one laser, and then they have to say exterminate again. This one is like exterminate, and then it's on like a wee spin dial. Yeah, but that one laser, if they time it right, can kill like thousands of people at once. Remember that the first Dalek episode of the New Era, Ooh. where he like breaks, he breaks the fucking, uh, the fire extinguishers, and there's water pissing everywhere, and it just shoots the water and electrocutes everyone. 
Oh, yeah. Daleks are smart, man. They've just not been used great the last few years, I don't think. No, they've not been as I think terrifying. they're overused, personally. Yeah, you know. I actually think the only time where they tried to make the Daleks scary since Dalek, where it was more about, let's make the Daleks scary rather than big sci-fi stuff. Because I think they did interesting sci-fi stuff with the Cult of Scaro and Davros and all that shit. But actually making the Daleks scary... They didn't try that until, I think, Resolution, the first New Year's special. Oh, you think? Yeah, because it's doing, like, creepier stuff. It's possessing people. It's, like, breaking people's necks. It's not just, like, a little laser gun. And then when it does build the laser gun, I think the laser actually looks like a painful death. Um, Okay, interesting. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that episode, but I do think it tried to make the Daleks scary and... Do something different. But anyway, what did you think of Eva the Daleks? The Groundhog Day Interesting. slasher film thing. Cool. I'd like to see how they get out of that one. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, brilliant. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, it's good well, to... I, 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 I suppose what I'm asking is, do you think that Azure and Swarm are going to come back? No. Do you think the fugitive doctor, Joe Martin's doctor, is going to come back? Yes. And do you think the master is going to come back? I hope not, but he probably will. Actually, did you not? Did you catch the uh, the teaser, the little reference? Oh, the, the oh yes, at the end. Yeah, he, tell me. He is going to come. Tell back. me, so I don't just think you're lying to no, me. No, it's, it's when he's talking about uh, that when time is speaking to the doctor, and he she, he mentions she mentions master, and he's like, "What master?" And obvious reference of the master coming back. Okay, so you did pay attention to some things. Yeah, good. <laughs> there you go. Suck it up. Um... <laughs> but yeah, I I I, I think we are going to get the master back. Yeah. Um, I because I like that version of Matt. I know you don't, but I like that I version like of the Master. I don't like it. See, the, the only thing I'm interested between now and the centenary special that's going to be um, Chudwick's final Doctor Who ever, I just really, really hope that we get answers to where Joe Martin fits into the picture. We get we get more of Swarm and Azure. I hope we actually get a satisfying ending to them. And an explanation as to what the fuck they are. I hope we get a better payoff for the whole time has a consciousness and hates space. That's a really big sci-fi concept that they just completely abandoned in the last couple of episodes. And I really, I just want a satisfying ending to the first ever female Doctor. Well, I want it to be a good conclusion. And even the Daleks looks like an interesting story, but I want because we've only got three thirteenth Doctor episodes left. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I I liked her in this man. I think she was. This was a big improvement. I really liked her in this story. I just, I just I'm just, I don't know. I'm I'm really worried. I'm really worried that you know the next um, the next Doctor, or like the, sorry, I'm really worried that the finale of this era of Doctor Who is going to be really weak and lackluster. Mm. Um, I probably will I, be. I I think Moffat. The ending of his era should have been the time of the Doctor. 
Um, not that I don't like Capaldi's stuff, I think I really do, but when he he finished the 11th Doctor's story surprisingly well at the end of Time of the Doctor when he regenerates into Capaldi. But Capaldi's era, I think Stephen Moffat had used up a lot of his good story ideas, so a bunch of the, the series arcs felt weak in Capaldi's era, and I think a bunch of his Christmas specials felt weak, and I think the only reason he even made twice upon time, I think we talked about it last week, was because he was forced into using the Christmas special as his last ever episode. And because of that, it kind of wraps up his era fairly well, but it, it, it not to the same extent Time of the Doctor did. Um, and I think Rusty Davies did a really good job of wrapping up his era with End of Time, revisiting all those companions and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I don't know. I'm, I I have a lot of questions still coming out of this mini series, this event series, and a lot of them are around Swarm and Azure and their history with the Joe Martin Doctor, and I I don't know if they're going to get answered, and that's kind of the only thing I'm interested to see over these next three episodes is those questions getting answered. Well, you know why I always say, Thomas, please please don't. Please, I, I want to know what you want to see. I want to know what you're interested in. Um, don't I'm, please don't say your catchphrase, please. <laughs> I won't say it yet. I mean, what I um, want to see is a good episode. Um, that's why. Brilliant. To, no, Brilliant. Um, I do. I mean, I want to see more of Dave. I like Dave or Dan. I want to see more of Dan. <laughs> You know what? It was probably better if I said my catchphrase than this horse shit. Um, keep going, keep going. I uh, do want to see more of Dan. Dan, I, like I think it'd be cool. Um, I do want to get more answers about the previous Doctor and the, the previous Doctor and the previous lives that she's had. Like, I didn't like how she just put the clock or the stopwatch in the TARDIS. I was like, keep it there. Yeah, that, that I didn't like that. Me because her... The only reason she was looking for Cavanista in the first place that kick-started the whole series is because she wanted answers about and she had answers. who she was. Yeah, she got the answers in the little pocket watch and then was like, nah, I'm going to keep hold of that. Yeah. So, Which they clearly only did because they were like, we'll save that for the centenary special. Yeah, I, I, I do want more answers about that. Um, but, you know, we've just got to wait and see, Thomas, don't I we? I fucking hate you. I hate you with a boiling, fiery passion. But we'll be... But No, you don't, because we'll be back here uh, next week. Next week. Talking yeah, we about... Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. I don't... And then the week after that, it's Hawkeye, and then that's us done for the year. I need to watch Hawkeye. And then after Hawkeye, I think we should do an episode on the uh, the New Year's special. Yay! Let's see if that's good. Well, yeah, well, we can we can reconvene um, and discuss uh, discuss more Thirteenth Doctor. Yeah, sounds great, man. Um, well, thank you. So yeah, thank you, fellow listeners, to listening to our podcast today. Today, fellow listeners, our fellow listeners. What are, they are you a listener as well? Yes, I am actually on Spotify. Um, this podcast is my number did, one. Did podcast. this podcast make your Spotify rap? Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, um, I'm a loyal. It, it, it didn't with me. I'm, I'm afraid. You're that is shocking, man. 
That is genuinely I, There is a podcast I listen to every week that I've listened to for the last six years. Every week I listen to this podcast. So I think it came out, it was like, I think I listened to it for like 800 minutes or something like that. We've not even recorded 800 minutes of fucking podcast material. But you can listen to 800 minutes of our podcast material over Just and have over. it on repeat. Just, I mean, that's what you know I what? do. I'll, well, this is, this is the, for, for next year, I'm going to make this podcast my you, my uh, Spotify wrapped. That's, that's going to be my New Year's goal. That sounds like a really sad goal really, to have. Um, <laughs> a really self-indulgent goal. <laughs> really, really is. Well, I want to make sure my own podcast makes my own Spotify wrapped. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Well, thanks again, everyone, for... Who am I saying thanks to? Our listeners. Thank you, listeners. Yeah, thank you, the listeners. Thank you. Um, tune in next week for Spider-Man No Way Home, um, where you'll be hearing our so first excited. reactions to it. Me and Thomas will be going to Glasgow. So if you want to meet up with us, you know, our three fans from America. Come. Oh, my God. Do not say that. Do not say when and where we're going to be, because if there is any fucking creepy weirdo, no offense, <laughs> if there are people who are like, wow, I really want to make shoes out of their faces, like we're going to get we're going to get like stopped in the street. So, yeah, don't come and see us. We're not going to be uh, we'll we'll be watching the film. And we'll be giving our thoughts and opinions fairly soon. Well, not fairly soon. Fairly soon after we've seen it on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so thanks, thanks very much, chaps. And we'll catch you at the next one. Are you gonna say bye? Oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, in a bit. <laughs> <laughs>